Good to have you here, three and out. On this Monday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, BJ Bennett, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the show as, again, you've got uh, March Madness going on. Of course, uh, the Braves in the news late breaking this afternoon. No Freddie Freeman. Braves have traded for Matt Olson out of Oakland, which pretty much means Freddie's not coming back. So a sad day for Braves fans, but Braves getting a really good player in Matt Olson coming over from Oakland. And over the weekend, of course, Tom Brady ruined everybody's weekend, not named the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks fan, saying, I was just playing. I'm uh, I'm coming back to the National Football League. And uh, joining us here right off the bat to talk about that from the Bucks report, uh, Bobby Thompson joins us here on 3 and Out. Bobby, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Uh, when did you kind of get an inkling that, that Tom really wasn't done? I mean, was this... Out of the blue to you as well, or uh, kind of where'd you land on this Tom Brady thing? Uh, well, I'll tell you this: um, we all found out same way everyone else did is from his Instagram post and Twitter post. That's, uh, I'll be quite honest with you: you always had kept it in the back of your mind that Tom Brady kind of retired premature. No, after that game, the playoff loss to the Rams at home, really disappointed, um, and you know. It just seemed like in the back of your mind he wasn't done. Maybe it was time. But, yeah, you know what? After 41 days of being retired, he realized he would come back. And I'll tell you, you know what? It couldn't have come at a time for the Bucs because they were really uh, in trouble in terms of who would play quarterback for them for sure. I mean, Bobby, when it's all said and done, do you think uh, he just rushed it? Obviously, I mean, his age it doesn't really seem to be a factor with the way he takes care of his body, but – do you think because of the emotion of everything, the height of everything, he wanted to go ahead and get it done? Or do you think, like you said, he thought about it and said, look, man, I want to come back. I want to kind of go out, you know, uh, on my own terms and not really kind of let it be the last time you see me was losing to the Rams. I think, you know, I think he just needed some time. I really do. I think um, he wanted to spend time with his family. He spent 41 days with his family. And you know what? I, he came to terms that, he has still a lot left in the tank. He always said he wanted to play until he's 45. He's going to be 45 on August 3rd of this year. So I think that truly just, you know what, wanted to give it one more try. I think he wants to win one more Super Bowl. I mean, the guy seven Super Bowls. You think enough is enough, but nope, he, that's just what makes him the greatest of all time. And, you know, he's, he's going to come back this year with a vengeance. I know everybody saw that unfinished business uh, put out there. You're going, what what unfinished business could there possibly be? But could it just be like, hey, it's uh, everybody, as you said, was kind of telling me it's time uh, versus I'm going to go out on my own terms and unfinished business to, to win yet another one to put this thing totally out of reach? I mean, I think that, you know, Tom's the ultimate competitor. I think that, you know, he – wants to go out on his own terms. And I think, as I said before, I think it was pretty premature. I think he thought he knew what he wanted and then realized how much he saw his love of football wasn't dying. But, you know, he just wanted to spend time with his family. And you know what? That was a big factor. If his family was okay with him coming back, then he was going to come back. And I guess, you know, uh, his three kids and his wife, Giselle, was okay with it. For Buccaneers fans and to cover the team like I do, it's going to be a real fun year again to have them at quarterback again, especially with, uh, with the team. Bobby, hang on one second. I think we're having a little trouble with uh, with your phone line there. Uh, ben, we'll try to get him back here in just a second. But uh, 
Uh, just something in the, in the phone line there. We were having trouble hearing him. Uh, but, uh, Ben, obviously Tom Brady back. Uh, as he said, just something about him wanting to come back and and and, and play again. And, 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 again, I'm not saying he wants the farewell tour, but it seemed like once he got done, these stories were, oh, it's, it, that's it. He's done. He's not going to come back. And maybe he seems like the kind of person like, don't tell me I'm done. I'll tell you when I'm done kind of thing. Yeah, Tom Brady's one of those type guys. We, we all, I mean, as soon as he said he retired, we all was kind of like speculating how long was it going to last. Uh, and look, he, he look, he's Tom Brady. He, he gets to decide when he's going to walk away. Bruce Arians, I mean, obviously he left, he left, uh, he left the door open for him to come back. I think when they was at the combine, somebody was saying, what would it take, uh, to get Tom Brady, uh, to trade Tom Brady? He was like six first round picks and he wasn't exaggerating. Hey, Tom Brady decided, look, yesterday when they were talking about, it was all about, you know, did your team make it in the bracket? And all of a sudden the NFL said, uh, kick the door in and said, <laughs> no, yeah. Tom Brady is coming back. And I think he was talking to, uh, I think he was talking to Cristiano Ronaldo. And uh, Ronaldo was like, you done, right? And uh, he was like, nope, he just happened to have a camera there. Like, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to give I'm gonna give it a whirl. I believe we have uh, Bobby Thompson back with us with the uh, with Bucks report. And uh, Bobby, welcome back. So what does this do for uh, for the Bucks? Obviously, they've got some guys that they would need to kind of bring back to throw around Tom Brady as well, right? With Tom being back last night, they were able to strike a deal with um, Ryan Jensen, the center, who's going to come back on a three-year, $30 million deal. So that's huge for the offensive line. Well, we're having a little trouble there with that uh, that phone line there for some reason. Uh, trying to get Bobby on the phone. We'll try to uh, maybe reschedule that uh, a little bit later. Uh, but Ben and BJ uh, here with us. Uh, Tom Brady, man, throwing everybody on on tilt. Uh, as Ben said, I'm I'm worried about. Hey, who am I going to fill out coming out of the East and and things of that nature? And then, oh, Tom Brady's back. I mean, Kevin. I mean, I just like I said. I mean, I think sometimes when you when you as an athlete, uh, you know, BJ, Kevin. The hardest thing to know is when to say when. The hardest thing to know is when to when to uh you know if you're a boxer you know when to when to uh, hang up the gloves. If you're a, if you're a football player, when to hang up the cleats. But Tom Brady had his best uh, statistical season ever as a pro in 2021 at age 44. So he's not slowing down. I mean he's they're gonna have to get him some help because right now Gronk has a sign. Right now you know Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. They don't have any running backs on the roster right now. So I think that while the team is going to be different, as long as you got as long as you got 12 out there, I think uh he's going to he's definitely reshaped uh the entire NFC. So right now, if you are the Falcons, you are saying, "Dude, you know, I mean, what's going on with Tom Brady?" And if you are the Green Bay Packers, you are saying, "Dude, I thought we I thought we finally got rid of Tom Terrific, but he will be back." Yeah, I mean, it's amazing when you think about when you think about Tom Brady and and kind of uh the the season he just had. I mean, Normally, if you would talk about even one of the all-time greats, a player uh, who's played 20-plus years, who's in it, you know, in his 40s, you think a retirement would be kind of a move with finality. But I think even when the retirement was initially announced, all of us looked around and thought, is this really it? I mean, Tom Brady, surely this story has to end with him winning a Super Bowl or, you know, end with him at least being in the Super Bowl. And then, uh, Ben, I think you mentioned uh, last week uh, – uh, had what his best statistical season ever last year. So uh, I think when he initially retired, a lot of us looked around and thought maybe there's a chance he still comes back. But yeah, uh, Kevin, to your point, uh, everybody's filling out their brackets, the NCAA tournaments, and uh, nope, Tom Brady's back. And I don't think too many people were shocked. No, I'm just saying, I mean, at the end of the day, Tom Brady knows that, you know, people saw it. I mean, I. 
I think Tom Brady is the, uh, the ultimate equalizer for our own Christian Gokel. He's always talking about, you know, what is fatherhood? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> but for Tom Brady, 41 days, nope, I got to get held back uh, to playing football. But I, I will say, too, ego is a big part of what you do when you're an athlete. You always want to say, look, I want to walk away on my own terms. I don't, I don't think nobody's going to catch what he's done, right? What, Ben Rosenberger, Eli Manning, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers all equal up to the same number of Super Bowls that Tom Brady has by himself. So nobody's catching him, but he wants to, he wants to have that. No, y'all are not better than me. And at age, about soon to be forty five, y'all still not better than me. So so I just think that now, uh, you know, BJ, he just he just want to continue adding to that legacy because the greatest thing a player can be uh, a player can hear is, oh man, you leaving really like two, like right now, and he's doing it in his uh, you know. Mid forties, but hey, man, he's back. Bruce Arians think he's a really, really good coach. No, Bruce Arians, you got Tom Brady because before you got Tom Brady, I mean, you had Jameis Winston. I mean, you had Carson Palmer, and it did not work out the way it's working out right now. But right now, the NFC South will still run through Tampa. We got more to get to here on the program, including say it ain't so. Freddie Freeman not going to be a brave. Uh, going forward in the future as the Braves pull off a big trade for Oakland's Matt Olson. We'll get to that when we return. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Monday. Well, we knew something was going to happen. They said 24 hours, Ben, when we threw it into the weekend uh, with Freddie Freeman and wherever he was going to go. Well, it's been more than 24 hours. We still don't know where Freddie Freeman is going to go, more or less. But we do know pretty much where he's not going to go, and that's the Atlanta Braves, as we uh, bring in B.J. Bennett uh, as well, and that's because the Braves have traded for Matt Olson, uh, first baseman with the Oakland A's. They give up Christian Pache uh, in the deal. They also give up Shea Longoliers. That was a big piece, and two pitchers, uh, who are down at the uh, low A level. One was their number one pick from a, uh, a season ago out of Wake Forest. But obviously in single A ball, you are still three or four years away from the major leagues, and you're not going to hold up a blockbuster trade off a guy that could be good in in three or four years for you at the big league level. But uh, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts. But I'll, BJ, Ben, BJ, you've been kind of outspoken on the Braves trying to get Freddie Freeman. Your thoughts on what certainly uh, – you understand the trade on some levels by the Braves, but certainly a sad day for a lot of Braves fans as well. Yeah, a lot to process, uh, no doubt about it. And interested to see what you guys think. Uh, I think when I first saw the news, read the news, there was kind of a sort of a shock to it just because Freddie Freeman has been such an institution with the Atlanta Braves. And you think about the MVP, you think about the World Series. And uh, as of this moment, Freddie Freeman is not signed anywhere, uh, but Uh, This obviously implies, with Matt Olson being a first baseman, that the Atlanta Braves are not re-signing Freddie Freeman. I think we would all be pretty pretty stunned, I guess, uh, if that were to happen. But I think, with all due respect to Matt Olson, the the first thought is, wow, Freddie Freeman, we presume, is no longer an Atlanta Brave. And his legacy of leadership, production, success, history is – is one that stands up as one of the great resumes in, in Braves history. I mean, Ben, you said this a number of times when talking about Freddie Freeman. He was a part of a team not long ago that, quite frankly, wasn't very good and was the catalyst uh, as the Braves sort of started over 
and led Atlanta back to the playoffs. Uh, it was kind of a progressive growth through the playoffs of, okay, we're here, now we're winning, now we're close, now we won it. And Freddie was obviously one of the leaders. Uh, you think about all the moments. You think about uh, all the big hits. You think about, you know, just, just his presence. Uh, the idea of Freddie Freeman playing for somebody else is, quite frankly, kind of, kind of startling. And, uh, you know, maybe it looks like the Dodgers are now the front runners. And if, if you know, if, if, if Freddie Freeman, uh, and I'm trying not to be long here, Kevin Ben, but if, if, if Freddie Freeman wanted to go back to California, that's great. You wish him the best. Uh, obviously, he's been a tremendous Atlanta Brave. I think my my kind of uh, apprehension through all of this, and who knows what was what was actually attempted, said, done behind closed doors. But my thought is, I I think it would have made sense to make kind of the full court press effort before Freddie Freeman became a free agent, so that it wasn't a multi team negotiation with theoretically the Dodgers and the Yankees or whoever else. Uh, you, you know, there was an element of uh, kind of my reaction to all of this news that kind of thought it would have been great if Atlanta could have not let it get to this point. But you never know kind of all the details. And again, you wish Freddie Freeman the best. Uh, uh, you hope he's happy. And, you know, this guy's been great for great for the Atlanta Braves. Now, I will say this, uh, Kevin, I know it's hard for a lot of people, Ben, to see this and go Freddie Freeman's gone. I mean, Olsen's a really good player now. Uh, really he good. Had 39, he, he, he had 39 home runs and 111 RBI last year. And I'm just saying this for frame of reference. I'm not in any way saying he's better than Freddie. But he had a higher war than Freddie Freeman did last year. I think he was in the top 25 uh, in, in all of baseball, all positions in war. So good player, I believe, in Atlanta, uh, an Atlanta native. I think he went to Parkview. Uh, so, so I'm sure grew up, you know, well-versed with the Atlanta Braves, excited about what he can do. I think he's going to be a really nice piece. I mean, if you lose Freddie Freeman, this is about as good as you can do, Ben, to bring in a guy like Olsen. I know, Kevin, you were really high on Langliers, especially the catcher, but, uh, Ben, it's a lot to it's a lot to take in. Uh, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I think Atlanta fans uh, will be happy about Olsen and what he can do. But, man, the idea of Freddie Freeman not playing for the Atlanta Braves is, is really tough. It is tough. I mean, uh, Freddie Freeman been with the Braves since 2010. Freddie Freeman has been about as solid as a baseball player and as about as consistent as a baseball player as you can be. But Freddie Freeman gave you everything he had. I know there are people saying when they when they tore the team down, he was there for the tear down and the build up, and he got the benefit from the build up. I of course Freddie Freeman is going to be missed absolutely, but I say this: every single league is a young man's league. Every single one of them. Talk about Matt Olson. You're getting younger. You're not necessarily getting better, but you're not getting worse either. That's the thing. Matt Olson, when you say not better than Freddie Freeman, well, that's everybody that played first base in the majors. Nobody's better than Freddie Free. Nobody. Matt Olson is younger. We talk about Freddie Free going back to Cali. Well, Matt Olson's coming back to Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. So you so it's and I and I think sometimes too, I know Alice Anthopolis is gonna get a lot of slack. Alice Anthopolis is at the mercy of every ownership group. He's he's no different than any other group. He's he can only he can only he, he can only afford to buy I mean, spend so much money or offer so much money. I think at the end of the day, I mean, Kevin, we were talking about this to BJ. Look, it's hard to be a lifer. The greatest football player that we've seen in our era plays for the Bucks. He started his career with New England. It's hard. Joe Montana ended up with Kansas City. I think, I think we get caught up. The fandom takes over the business when it comes to us. We forget it's a business, man. And 
Freddie Freeman gave us what? 12 years. Great baseball. MVP. Like consistency. World Series champion. And you would love to see him stay, but Kevin, you said this. What else can he give you? I mean, what like yeah, what no, else can, what else can Freddie Freeman do? And like I said, it's not like, and I and I say this, it's not like we got a slouch for him. Matt Olson is a very, very good baseball player. He's not Freddie Free. Well, that's like saying, you know, uh, we got Steve Young. He's not in Joe Montana. Well, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that, I mean, like maybe saying, not like that. Yeah, example, I, mean, but. I mean, you know, who's going to be Jerry Rice? Nobody. Right? Certain players are just that iconic. But Freddie Freeman can say, "Look, man, I, I, I cannot leave this organization without they did right by me. I was here when I was the only thing here. Then they give me Ron Lacuna and Ozzy Albers, you know, and Max Fried and and, and Austin Riley and Solaire and." You know, Jock Peterson and Rosario. And my last moment as a Brave, we was World Series champ. What else? His last at bat, he hit a homer. He hit a homer. So, listen, Freddie Free, you will be missed. Sometimes you don't even know what you mean to an organization until you leave. He's he's probably looking at the love. He's probably looking at Alex Anthopoulos, who Kevin, as you mentioned, was tearing up, kind of getting choked up talking about it. He is going to be hard to be replaced. But guess what? Life goes on. Baseball goes on. Let's embrace who we got. Because, like I said, BJ, 39 home runs, I'll take that for first base any day of the week. And he's doing that on the Oakland A's team that's not competing for World Series Championship. What do you think Olsen going to do when he don't got to be that guy? Oh, that's going to run the cruise. He is that good. Now, we'll see who else they're going to be able to bring back of the big three, that being Rosario Soler and uh, Jock Peterson. But, look, it's a sad day in Atlanta. It happens. Freddie Freeman wish him nothing but the best. It's going to be hard. Oh, it's gonna be hard yeah. to watch him in that Dodger blue. That's gonna be gross. Strikes. That's gonna be that is gonna be gross <laughs> to watch. But I just think that the business of sports supersedes the fandom every single time. Freddie Freeman, wishing up but the best, man. You know, Matt Olson, man. We're gonna work him with open arms, and like you say, Kevin, when you play against some Dodgers, just go yard on them or all them A's or whoever whoever Freddie Free goes to. But hey, man, we knew it was gonna happen, and I and I rather them go ahead and do it with the Matt Olson so we could just leave it alone. Like, all right, Freddie Free's not gonna be here because obviously they had. They had Spring training, he's not there. All right, I seen uh, Isaiah Albers. I seen Ron Lacuna out there joking and laughing with each other. And, hey, man, it's, it's a sad day. You, it's it's going to be hard to replace a guy like Freddie Freeman. May never replace him. But if you got to get somebody, I would get a young up-and-coming uh, superstar like a guy like Mac Olson who's giving you golden glove and production offensively. With this lineup, oh, yeah, I think he's going to be a nice fit. Yeah, I mean, it, look, emotionally, it's a sad day because Freddie Freeman, consummate professional, great baseball player, and was part of that transition from Chipper Jones, right? Chipper Jones retired. Freddie Freeman kind of de facto became the face of, of the ball club. Now, we'll see who kind of takes that role. Is it Max Fried? Is it Ronald Acuna? Is it, is it Austin Riley? you got a lot of young guys who might be thrust into, uh, into that kind of role of kind of the face of when things are going bad, we're talking to you. When things are going good, we're talking to you. When things are just happening, we're talking to you. Because make no mistake, baseball is is not is kind of like football and some of those things. When you're not you're not getting questions asked to everybody on the roster. Okay, AJ Minter, you had a good night tonight. We'll talk to you. We're not going to talk to you tomorrow. Freddie Freeman got a microphone in his face every single day. You show up to spring, spring training. We're talking to you, Freddie. Win. We're talking to you, Freddie. Lose. We're talking to you, Freddie. Big move happened in the ball club. We're talking to you, Freddie. Something bad happens off the field. Marcelo Zuna, we're talking to you, Freddie. Who's going to be that guy? I think that's going to be the hard, the part that's hard to replace. I think baseball talent-wise, you replaced it. It's not the same, but you got you needed you lost a Gold Glove first baseman. You got a Gold Glove first baseman. You lost an All Star first baseman. You got an All Star first baseman. 
You lost home run power at first base. You got home run power at first base. You got all the stuff on the field with Matt Olson that you got with Freddie Freeman. What you don't got potentially is that leadership quotient, which is going to be a big piece is how they kind of, you know, fit that around. And I, I'm kind of interested to see how this affects the locker room, at least in the short term. And thankfully, this is spring training. Yeah. Because these are human beings. And everybody at Braves camp since Sunday, they all said, hey, how good does it feel to be back? Oh, it feels great. Question number two, Freddie coming back? Oh, man, I'm hitting refresh on Twitter just like everybody else. Yes. So you could tell that there's a big portion of this team that really wanted Freddie Freeman back. So they could talk about it. They could kind of pout about it. But at the end of the day, it's still opportunity. Again, Ben, I think for most people in professional sports that have been around more than a year, and maybe baseball more than because you see guys going and coming to the minor leagues all the time, they understand the business of professional sports. Most of them. Now, while they will miss Freddie Freeman, it's like, bro, Freddie, probably in that locker room, like, man, Freddie wants six years. I don't know if they're going to give it to him. Like, he might be gone. I think they kind of understand uh, some of the things that happen in, in baseball. So I'm interested to see the dynamic of the team moving forward because they have had that, they have been the cardiac kids under uh, Brian Snicker. Freddie Freeman's allowed to do that because you felt like, hey, he comes up ninth inning, we got a hit coming. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot, but I'm also interested to see where this team goes without him because you can't just, in baseball, you can't really just sit back and say, I'll let Freddie do it. Yeah. But there is some of that uh, in, in aspects of baseball. Oh, Freddie's fine. He's going to come up in a big way. Somebody else has got to assume uh, that role. But on the surface, I think today is going to be about Freddie Freeman, and rightfully so. Braves fans are going to be upset. Braves fans are going to be sad. But I think when you see Matt Olson play, BJ, uh, you're going to be all right. It's all, For every reason that Freddie Freeman probably wants to go to L.A., it's probably the same reason Matt Olson secretly is elated that this trade just happened. Man, I grew up in Metro Atlanta. I just got traded to the hometown team, and I got two years. And knowing how good of a player is, they probably go try to re-up me. So I could stay in Atlanta where I grew up. So it's kind of a homecoming of sorts for him. Uh, but again, I think the short term, man, it's, it's Freddie Freeman. And he has been the face of a franchise for a good while now. Yeah, and I mean, it's a really good point about Olsen. And once you, uh, once you kind of process the news that I think uh, a lot of people probably felt like was coming, you know, when you read some of the you know, some of the tweets from national media people and, you know, you heard some of the comments and you thought, man, uh, you know, what what maybe a couple of months ago felt like a really sure thing that Freddie Freeman was coming back. You know, the the conversations have slowly changed and sort of gone in the other direction. And I don't I don't really know how you measure momentum, but I think in terms of just what it felt like the talking points were uh, there was there was even if you maybe didn't want to acknowledge it or embrace it there was a at least a stream of consciousness out there that kind of made you think maybe Freddie Freeman is going back to California and again you wish him the best i mean you hope he's you hope he's happy i mean congratulations on a on a great contract i mean look you wish Freddie Freeman obviously nothing but the best but but i want to ask you guys this because i think this has been maybe secondary after the wow Freddie Freeman's gone uh the question that i've seen uh you know and, and read and, and heard is Okay, what about the trade? Um, and Kevin, you've long said this, and I agree. There's kind of a there's kind of a conversational uh, reaction anytime there's a trade of why'd you give up this guy? Well, to get a good player, you have to give up good players. It's not going to be give up two guys nobody's ever heard of, and you get an all star who was top twenty five in WAR. But I know you've mentioned Langleyers a number of times. I think a lot of us have 
for a long time. Been really excited about Christian Pache, uh, your 2021 first round draft pick uh, uh, as as a starting pitcher. Did you guys think this is kind of an equitable, fair trade, or do you think maybe you gave up too much? How do you kind of respond to the trade? I think from from my standpoint, I'll let Ben uh, follow up. I, I think did you give up a little too much? Maybe, but if you're going to get a guy like this. It ain't going to come cheap. Look at what they were asking the New York Yankees. The Yankees wanted Matt Olson. I think this is some of the reason it probably spurred the Braves to go ahead and do this as well. Uh, if you thought for a smidge that you weren't going to get Freddie Freeman, it was like, well, the Yankees want Matt Olson. They requested to get the Yankees' number one prospect. And the Yankees initially were like, nope, not doing that. So you're going to, you knew if that was public and they were already asked, they were going to come asking for some top players. Christian Pache hasn't hit the major league level, has a lot of upside, could be a gold glove center fielder. Shea Longoliers is going to be an everyday catcher for somebody. That's two of your starting nine, potentially, that the A's could have down the road uh, in this trade, plus a starting pitcher uh, for three or four years down the road. That was a number one pick out of Wake Forest, as, uh, as you talked about. And given the game, the way it's played now, if you aren't as deep in pitching prospects, unlike the Braves, I mean, the Braves have a lot of guys who are knocking on the door of the major leagues. College guys who get drafted can fast-track a little bit to the big leagues. And so maybe the the A's look at him and say, hey, this might be a guy that in a year or two could play for for us. Braves probably wasn't going to happen because they're so backlogged with with some good starting pitching in their in their organization. So I think you knew you were going to give up a lot, and you did, but it had to be done, or you weren't going to get Matt Olson. And if you don't get Matt Olson, the reason Braves made this move, the writing's on the wall. Freddie's probably going to the, the Yankees or the Dodgers. So if you don't make this move, who are you getting? You gonna go get Eric Hosmer and be happy with that? I mean, I mean, I'm not. He's not a bad player, but he ain't Matt Olson. So I think that this is still a good move by Alex Anthopoulos, who said it was the hardest decision he's made as a uh, as a GM, and I would understand that. It's not every day you take a face of the franchise and say see you later. I would imagine it'd be like when the walk when the, when the Washington Nationals watch Bryce Harper go away. Like I don't care what you think about him as a player, like. Dude, that's one of the faces of baseball, and he's on the Phillies now. Like, those are hard days when that happens. So, uh, I think they gave up a lot, but it had to be done if you're going to get a suitable replacement for Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and it kind of showed the type of player Matt Olsen is. I mean, as you mentioned, Kevin, when you put it in perspective and say the Yankees was going after him, the guy, I mean, he's a young, talented player. And, if you, Kevin, something you always say. The Braves say, okay, we kind of see Christian Pache. I mean, we won last year without him. We don't want to see him go, but – we got one of the best farm systems in the baseball. We trust what we do in our farm system. So we let guys go. We definitely got guys uh, coming behind them. And we're trying to win right now. But not right at now. first base, you don't. But not at that's, first base. That's why and, you had to yeah, do Not this. at first base. And the thing about it is, too, man, when we get to talking about the business of, of sports, the business of sports happen in real time. When I go to training camp my third year, I'm thinking, I'm going to the training camp. We're at, we're at Austin P. We walk in the tight end meeting room. And uh, Coach said, oh, yeah, before we go out, being you the starter now. Uh, Aaron Kenny, you the backup. Bo, you might end up being number two. Greg Gunther, you're going to be number three. And I'm looking around like, wait a minute, EK to start. And the thing is, I'm like, I'm starting out. Yeah, man, coach told me to make, I forgot to tell you last time we was together. I walk in, I walk in the facility and walk, and walk in behind me. It's Steve McNair, may he rest in peace. I walk in, they let me in, and when he try to walk in behind me, Taki and Joey, the two shortest guys on the team, I mean, one, 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 is, in the, one is a trainer, one is equipment, man. They lock the door, they won't let him come in. Right? <laughs> I mean, this... This 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 is, you know, this is Billy Volek. He's ready to be the starter. We just came in. This is Wednesday of the opening week. He comes in. All of a sudden, they they scratching his name off his locker. 
He just got traded. They let him go out and prepare for this week's game, knowing he just got traded to San Diego. I'm telling y'all, the business of sports stinks, but it's the reality of sports. We get – man, Freddie Freeman gave us over a decade. Freddie Freeman has meant to the Braves what Matty Ice has meant to, at, to the Falcons, man. We've, we've watched the same dude for so long. We think, come on, let the man, do what you're supposed to do. He go, uh, this ain't my money. And I'm, and yeah. I'm going to give him the best deal possible. But at the end of the day, Freddie Freeman – He's going to move on to greener pastures, man. We wish him nothing but the best unless he's playing the Braves. And yeah. we don't wish him the best. <laughs> but, hey, man, we got Matt Olsen. That's who we got right now. We still got Ron LaCune Jr. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, 912-342-7184. Braves fans, we'd love to hear from you now that Freddie Freeman more than likely not going to be uh, an Atlanta Brave. You don't go get Matt Olsen and Freddie Freeman sticking around. 912-342-7184. Love to hear from you here on this Monday. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back to 3 and Out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. 912-342-7184. Your number to join us here on 3 and Out. 912-342-7184. Love to hear from you on this Monday. Your reactions to Freddie Freeman being traded away by the, not being, excuse me, not being traded away, not being re-signed by the Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson being picked up in a trade for Shea Longoliers, Christian Pache, a couple of pitchers. Uh, Kusick, uh, who was their first-round pick uh, from last year out of Wake Forest. Uh, and obviously, he's going to be playing in either a Yankees uniform or a Dodgers uniform uh, at this point. We, we're, we're waiting to see how it works out. But the Braves are spending money. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos said, look, the payroll's going to go up. Don't know how much, but the payroll's going to go up. Matt Olson's going to cost you about $11 million, $12 million dollars. For this season. He's got another year after this. Braves could potentially re-sign. Would you give up a number of guys like that? You probably have it in the back of your mind. We give up that much. Maybe we can get another five, six years on top of that of uh, of Matt Olson at the end of this. But obviously, Freddie Freeman was going to command close to $30 million, if not $30 million or more. Matt Olson's costing you a third of that for all-star level first base. Again, sad day for Atlanta Braves fans, BJ. But the business of baseball says... This was a good move and gave you money to go out and continue to sign players to what is already a pretty good roster. I mean, you had a Jorge Soler back, which uh, reportedly the Braves are still in on with a couple of other teams. I mean, you've got a very dangerous lineup now that the DH is being instituted in the National League. You're talking about a guy like Adam Duvall batting seventh, Marcelo Zuna potentially batting seventh or sixth, Darno and Swanson down at the bottom of uh, of the lineup. So this is a team that's going to mash homers. Uh, and is going to be really, really good uh, offensively. And I would assume there are still more moves to come. I mean, listen, you always have to continue to try to get better, even when you're the defending World Series champion. I mean, I, I would assume that uh, 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 Kevin Solaire, uh, the Braves, would would love for that to continue, given kind of the magic uh, of of his contributions, productions last year. I mean, what an incredible player. And then, I would think, guys, right, and, and I know there's some. There were some rumors, kind of, on social media. I, I would think a potential veteran starting pitcher, maybe. I mean, I think as we've seen the last couple of years with the Atlanta Braves, you can never have too many starting pitchers. I mean, even if you look at it and go, I feel good about our five. I mean, good grief! A couple of years ago, we saw Atlanta have to use what twenty plus starting pitchers uh, in a season or something crazy like that. So I think, I think potentially. Atlanta should still be in the market 
uh, for a starting pitcher, maybe another bullpen arm. You had guys like Luke Jackson, of course, who had a career year. But I, I would imagine there's still a move or two or three still out there. But I thought your 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 phraseology of kind of today's news last segment, Kevin, was was pretty spot on. We can talk about Olsen. We can speculate about, you know, what his production might be, what the expectations are. Uh, but I think today's about about Freddie Freeman. And it's kind of crazy to talk that way, given that he hasn't officially signed with somebody else. But, you know, you know, surely this indicates that his time in Atlanta is done. And I think you can be excited about a number of things with Olsen. I mean, big time player. Again, had a war that was top 25 any position in baseball. Had 39 home runs and 111 RBIs last year. Uh, this is a guy that was an all-star last year. This is a guy that's from Atlanta. How cool is that? As you mentioned, I mean, a chance to come back and, and and play for your hometown team. I think there will be time moving forward, maybe even as early as tomorrow, to be excited about that, to think about how he fits in, to think about, you know, what he could what he could do uh, in this lineup. I mean, Ben, you mentioned he's going to be playing, you know, on a better team than he was last year. I mean, more opportunities, I would imagine, to have, uh, you know, run-producing situations. But Today's about Freddie Freeman, man. And, and you know, is it the Dodgers? Is it the Yankees? We'll see. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk online about, about the L.A. Dodgers. And uh, you wish Freddie nothing but the best, obviously. But I think you can be excited about Olsen, Kevin. Yeah. And like you said, be, be, be disappointed about today. Well, I'll ask both of you guys this question. Because Christian asked it to me on second down, so I'll just forward it on to you guys and see what your thoughts are. Has there been a move like this in Atlanta sports where you have a – City icon, basically, just walk in in peak of his career. And Christian said Dion might be the closest. I think everybody else was kind of towards the end of their career when they when they moved on. Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Dominique, kind of in the prime still. But can you think of one? No. Outside Dion, I guess. No. I mean, but 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 the thing is too. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a different league altogether. We're talking about let make make no mistake about it. The uh, Allison Thobbins did not want to see Freddie Freeman leave. Everybody, I was told this in sports. Your goal is to your goal is to be as best as great as you can for the franchise you own, but outplay your current contract. That's what he did. Like we act, and once again, somebody said this. No, no, it ain't just about Freddie Free today. It's about Matt Olson today. You didn't get you. You got an all-star for an all-star. You got a gold glove for a gold glove. Just one just happens to be named Freddie Freeman. And I get it. It's rough. It's rough. But this, but these are the type of things that happen in sports. The Cleveland Browns will franchise David and Joku, and they will release Jarvis Landry, who has meant more to the team. But Jarvis Landry is older than David and Joku. They want to be able to – David and Joku got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. When you think about, when you think about the business of sports, that's what it is. Fred, we knew that Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman started, He did, once he started adding to his resume, he didn't stop. We, Kevin, we always talk about it. Freddie Freeman, uh, Hall of Fame, he said he got a shot. He got to get an MVP. Boom, he got to get a World Series. He got that in back-to-back seasons. But the whole thing about it is, let's not act as if the same Freddie Freeman that benefited on a bad team didn't benefit on a good one. Like, he got to see a franchise. Actually, I, I was looking since 1990. The Dodgers have won one World Series since 1990. The Braves have won two. On that list, you're going to see a whole bunch of – now, a lot of teams have won. Chicago has won. You know, the Astros has won. Most of those teams are on that one time. Clayton Kershaw might be the greatest pitcher we've seen in this in this, in this in our lifetime as far as like what we – what in the early <coughs> – excuse me, uh, the early 2000s. He's won one World Series. So, 
all these great players that's around these guys still got Ron Lacuna Jr. You still got Austin Riley. Still got Izzy. Freddie Freeman get to say, hey, man, I was a part of the greatest Braves infield in Braves history. I couldn't do that by myself. One guy had only been in the league two, two years in Austin Riley. I just think that sometimes we play so much on the guy that's gone. I get it. We, you're trying to replace production. And you're not going to replace production. But like you said, Kevin, 39 home runs. Right? Yeah. That's, 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 that's what Olsen gave you last year. On a team that's not contending. Which means, hey, man, I play I, I just play big-time baseball. Now, you don't, you don't think Olsen ain't heard about Ronald Cooney Jr.? You don't think Olsen ain't watching this? I mean, he probably he's like Cam Newton. Cam Newton would say, look, man, when I play for Carolina, I'm rooting for Atlanta when I'm not playing against them. Well, that's my hometown team. I'm, I guarantee you Olsen was doing that. But now, you know, people. somebody said this. Don't make this all about Freddie Freeman. He's not going to be a brave anymore. We're going to wish him the best. But a lot of players have had, you know, had to go. I mean, had had to go on and play for other teams. It happens to be a life. The hardest thing now in sports is to be a lifer. It is the hardest thing to do. Either one, you cost too much, or two, you get old. Freddie Freeman costs too much, and rightfully so. We know it. BJ, you said it was disrespectful for the offer they gave. Because how do the Braves spend money? That's how they spend it. And guess what? Not only is the way they spend money effective, they are the defending World Series champs by how they spend. They are the defending champs. Now, some could say, I ain't never seen nothing like Jock Peterson and Rosario and so let it work out the way they did. But they did it. And I said this, as great as Freddie Freeman is, and I am not taking nothing away from him, the culture of the Braves is what people want to be a part of. Because you take any superstar like Ron Lacuna off a team and it's over with. It's a wrap. They still went on to win the World Series. Freddie Freeman had a lot to do with it. Last at bat was a home run. But how much better was Freddie Freeman, Kevin, when he get to say, wait a minute, y'all gave me, yeah, we gave you Peterson, we gave you Rosario, we gave you Soler, and look, and look at those guys paying dividends in the postseason. So, look, we're going to miss Freddie Free. We're going to talk about him, you know, for the next month or so. I get it. But, but listen, uh, Matt, I mean, Matt Olsen called Jason Hayward and said, hey, man, what do I need to do with my first at bat? Just go, y'all. <laughs> but don't, don't have No, BJ don't, doesn't <laughs> want that to happen because the expectations <laughs> – BJ said the worst thing that happened to Freddie Freeman in Atlanta was the home run, right? You said that. Like, that's the worst thing that ever happened. It's, it's impossible. With, look, when when you have this magical hype and then you come up and you hit a home run, then you have to do it every time, man. Look, you want him to be great, but yeah, that 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 first at-bat home run, that's a lot of pressure to maintain. Well, yeah, we've got more to come here on the show. We'll chat with Bud Ellis, uh, get his reaction to uh, the news today. Also, get your phone calls, 912 342 Seven one eight four nine one two three four two seven one eight four. Love to get your reaction to uh, the Freddie Freeman news. How does that make you feel now that it's pretty clear he is not coming back to the Atlanta Braves? And where does he kind of fit all time uh, on that Atlanta Braves Mount Rushmore? Love to hear from you. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Monday. So much to get to. Nine one two three four two. 7184, your number to join us here on 3 Now. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. Your thoughts on the Freddie Freeman news that he is not signing with the Atlanta Braves uh, because the Braves have traded for Matt Olson there at first base. So we'll continue to get to that. I certainly have more on that in take three right around the corner. Also, because of you know Thomas Brady doing what he did and the Braves and their moves today, we haven't had a chance to talk about the fact that, oh, by the way, March Madness. Is, uh, is getting started. We want you to partake in our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. Go to ESPNCoastal.com. 
and you can click the link there and sign up for our bracket challenge. Some great prizes, I believe a 70-inch uh, TV or uh, wings for a year from Coach's Corner. So uh, some great prizes there uh, to win, but you have to play. Uh, go to ESPNCoastal.com. You'll see the link to hop in our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner and hope you will play along with us, and hopefully you are better at picking basketball games than us. Good to have you back here, three and out. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the show. As the Braves have traded for Matt Olson, and that means Freddie Freeman will not be coming back as an Atlanta Brave at the end of the day. So we'll see where Freddie goes. Does he go to the Dodgers? Does he go to New York? Did the Yankees make a late push there? We'll have to wait and see uh, what happens there with Freddie Freeman and where he chooses to sign. But he will not be coming back with the Atlanta Braves. We'll get to your reactions on that coming up in just a little bit. Also, Bud Ellis will join us coming up this hour. Also, uh, we'll talk with Franz Beard uh, in the final hour of Gator Bait. Mike White goes to Georgia. Who saw that coming, uh, potentially? And Greg Allman of uh, The Athletic covering the National Football League. And it has been wild out there uh, in the National Football League now that free agency is upon us. But that being said, before we get to all that, let's take three here on three and out. All right, BJ and Ben, take one, fellas. Is Freddie Freeman a top 10 brave of all time? Wow, to think about all the great players to come through the the history of the organization. You know, along those lines, Kevin, I saw a, I saw a question on social media uh, that said something along the lines of like that, and then it asked, "Is you know, is Freddie Freeman? Do you retire the number?" And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, you have a World Series, uh, you have an MVP, you uh, as as Ben has talked about, and I think this is really important. You were kind of one of the one of the key guys, one of the leaders as the franchise went through kind of a incredible transformation from not only being a team that hadn't won a playoff series in forever, but remember, it wasn't that long ago, early in Freddie Freeman's career, when the Braves were hitting the reset button. I mean, you were moving on from the Craig Kimbrels and the Angelton Simmons and, you know, you were, you know, the Uptons and all like that. And a lot of people thought this is going to take a while. And Freddie Freeman was on some rough teams, was still producing. And then, you know, the Braves got into the playoffs, started winning, won a World Series. I... I think he's there uh, uh, in terms of a guy that you retire the number. In, in, in terms of top 10, uh, I think he's in the conversation for being there. I mean, you're talking about one of the great franchises in the history of the sport. You know, obviously you think about, uh, you know, arguably the greatest player. In the, I mean, Hank Aaron, you think about all the pitchers, you think about, uh, you know, the history. But I think he is in the conversation for being part of that group. And, I mean, Ben, you mentioned it, what, a couple of segments ago in what will be looked back on, what are going to be his final two seasons in Atlanta. You went MVP, World Series, and hit a home run in your final at bat. I mean, I think when you I think when you put it all together, he's he's in that conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll put him in the conversation. I, I think sometimes, too, when we, when we talk about it's like it's like it's like BJ. We start saying is so and so a top ten player in the NBA, and then you get the name of players, and you get the eight nine real quick. I mean, when you talk about Hank Aaron, right? When you talk about you know Smokes and Clavin, you know Andrew Jones, and I mean it, 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 Dale Murphy, it, he's there. And and I will say this: sometimes that's all you have to do. 
put yourself in a conversation say people are going to say, oh, yeah. You're supposed to make a debate, right? Because, let's face it, when uh, when Freddie Free uh, comes to the Braves, no one saw him becoming the player he became, but he did. He was, like I said, man, he's so consistent. And when you start thinking about the Braves and the legacy of the Braves, he's a part of that legacy. Uh, you know, I mean, do, having an MVP on your name is not something a lot of players going to go through, uh, go through uh, you know, the MLB and have. Being a World Series champ, a lot of guys not going to have it. And he was a key contributor on the World Series team. He wasn't just on the team, and, and that's a, and that's a uh, pretty big distinction. But Kevin B.J., he, he, he's right there. And, and sometimes if you are 11 or 12, like right on the outside looking in, that's going to determine how his career is, even if it's not with the Braves. They're going to say, dude, he he started with us. So, look, Freddie Freeman is going to be missed, man. I, I definitely think he, if he's not top 10, he's definitely top 11, top 12, because we don't appreciate how good some of these players were when you're talking about the Braves. You saw, oh, I forgot about him. Oh, I forgot about him. So, uh, Freddie Freeman, man, like this is a day that we, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we've been around this sport too long to not realize these type of things happen. But 12 years is a long time. I mean, I think Freddie Freeman debuted on my birthday back in 2010, <laughs> man. I mean, and, and the thing is, it, it goes by like that. But, Kevin, I mean, you know, you posed the question, but do you think Freddie Freeman was all said and done going to be a top 10 Brave all I mean, I, I think he's getting, like I said, whenever you say these lists, and BJ, I always you know give you a hard time about the recency bias of, hey, we're in it right now. But I feel like with the Braves, if you just talk about it, it's like Hank Aaron. Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Small. I mean, that, that, I'm at six already. I haven't even really thought deeply about it. I'm at Dale six. Murphy, that goes seven. Yeah, I'm at six already. I think he's right there, probably 9, 10. Retire the number. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, I, I'm looking at some of the guys have had their number retired. He has put up some, some good numbers. But you're talking 300-game winners. You're talking maybe one of the top two switch-hitting baseball players of all time. And Chipper Jones. You're talking about a guy, John Smoltz, 100 saves and 100 wins as a pitcher. Is not. I think he might be. Might have been at one time the only guy to do that. I think Adam Wainwright might have come close uh, when, when he had some time as a closer. But you're talking about guys that are the all-time greats of the game that are up there. And I feel like, man, you start retiring numbers, be like the Yankees, you're going to see Braves guys wearing like 62 and stuff, play a second base because you just run out. Again, I think it's very, very close. Would I be upset if they did it? No, but I'm going to say no. Don't retire the number of Freddie Free. Put it up on the Braves walk. All right. It is free agency in the National Football League, after all, fellas. BJ sad because of Freddie Freeman. But you got to have a little smile on your face, BJ, because those Jags have been dropping bucks. Like, you know, they're just going out, spraying cash, making it rain all over the place. What is the most impressive move? You have seen from the Jags today. And again, they've gone out and gotten Scherf. They've gotten a wide receiver. They've gotten a Luakun uh, that was formerly with the Falcons. I mean, they have gone out there and thrown some money around. Yeah, and this is a this is a team that overall, in terms of the roster, uh, is 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 in need of a talent upgrade. And Ben, I know you've told me a number of times over the last couple of weeks, you know, kind of in the draft talk and leading into free agent that uh, uh, free agency that look, you have the money. You have the draft picks. This team could be a lot better uh, in, in, in 2022, and you don't have to deal with Urban Meyer, and, and you have Doug Peterson. I mean, I think I, I think it's tough to kind of look ahead and get too caught up in the expectations because, you know, you've had the number one overall pick two years in, in a row, and that's, you know, you're talking about a pretty steep jump from that into contention. But 
I, remarkable, remarkable what the Jaguars have done. I mean, uh, uh, Olakun from Atlanta led the led the NFL in in tackles, and, and now you're talking about him and Jack at linebacker. I think Dylan Moses, uh, formerly of Alabama, who they who, who they brought in, is healthy now. Missed all of last season. Uh, I think I think uh, Sheriff, the guard, is, has made the Pro Bowl what five times. Uh, Christian Kirk, who I was a huge fan of, huge fan of. Uh, in uh, in uh, at Texas A&M is a guy that's versatile, can play in the slot, can play on the edge. Uh, you also needed some defensive tackle help, and you signed uh, Fularunsu uh, Fatukasi. So you're talking about addressing needs. You're talking about uh, bringing in players that are talented. Foye Olakun, I mean, that is a that's a transformational addition defensively. It really is. Uh, I think I think Jacksonville's offensive line was a little better than people thought last year. I, I, I think Sheriff will be an upgrade, and to have a guy that has made the Pro Bowl five times, I mean, he's immediately one of your best players. But, uh, Ben, you and I were talking recently about, about the need for wide receivers. Like, when you have when you have Trevor Lawrence, right, you, you, you have to go out and get the wide receiver to help him take that next step. And I don't know this, uh, but just kind of reading some of the speculation, I think it might be a little bit of a surprise if, if DJ Shark returns. He's a free agent, and I think he's getting some – uh, you know, potentially big offers out there. Now you have LaVisca Chenault, but um, man, I mean, I, you could go with any of these guys. Uh, I want to say Ola Kuhn, but I think when you think about the development overall of Trevor Lawrence and the need for a playmaking wide receiver who can make plays with the ball in his hands, uh, Christian Kirk had what, almost a thousand yards yeah. last year, was the leading receiver for Arizona. I, I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. I think that's, you had to get a, a, a big time wide receiver. You had to. Yeah. Love it, all the moves, but if I have to pick one, I'll go Kirk because of the impact on Trevor Lawrence. And Ben, apparently the Jags they haven't done it, but apparently the Jags were in on some of the running backs out there throwing some cash around, trying to land some of those running backs that they ended up, they, they didn't finalize, but they, they've been out there throwing the money around. Yeah, look, I, with everything they've done, I mean, BJ, you talk about, you talk about, uh, I mean, I, I, I want to butcher these guys' names. You talk about defense, interior defensive line help. You know, Foley, uh, you know, Fat, Fatusaki, I, I don't want to say his name. I hope I'm not saying it wrong. You talk about Christian Kirk, I mean, but I think it all starts with Doug Peterson. This time last year, everybody was talking about, you know, Urban Meyer. Is he built for this? What's the first thing you do, Chris Doyle? So you already start with the controversy. Hiring one day, got to get rid of the next day. Then you're talking about Tim Tebow. So if you're on that team, you're thinking, dude, why we got to deal with this nonsense on the team and you're trying to figure out, you know, who our identity is when the average when the average age is 24, 25. A year removed, you add Doug Peterson, right? Trevor Lawrence, I said guys are going to want to play with him. You get a guy in Christian Kirk, as you mentioned, BJ, led, led Arizona in receiving yards. That's with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, uh, and, and uh, different guys out there. Then you bring him over. He can play in the slot, and he can play outside. But what he really does, he's going to show these young guys this is what it's going to take for a legit day in and day out. Because Christian Kirk was a guy coming out of Texas A&M. He could have easily got lost in the fold when you talk about Arizona, uh, you know, with the guys they brought out there. But he just stayed the course and showing them, look, man, I don't, I've never been the feature. But I've, I've, I've been in a supporting role, but now I know how to be the feature. I know how to be the feature receiver while also showing you guys how to be, a, you know, a, you know, a number two or number three. Still got to address the tight end position, but it all starts and ends with Doug Peterson, a guy that not too many can say a former Super Bowl champion. Not too many guys can say that. 
And I think when you think about it, you got you got to have a guy that understands what it's going to take. They're addressing it. Receiver, check. Linebacker, check. Defensive line, check. Offensive guard, check. So that Cam Robinson, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, franchise of him, BJ, looks a little different when you add added guys around him. That's going to make Jawan Taylor's life a little bit better. That makes the draft kind of look a little bit different because we need key spots. Need a receiver. Need a, need a D lineman. I'm pretty sure they're going to add another interior D lineman, but – that's what happens when you got money to spend. I mean, Christian Kirk got paid. What, like $86 million? You know, I mean, listen, all I'm saying is Christian Kirk, let me hold something. My goodness. <laughs> but, I, but I am happy with what the Jags are doing because they're doing it in a strategic way. They're saying, look, every, everybody we just picked up, they're going to be they're gonna be our starters in 2022. That way, when you get rookies coming in, they get to learn from a guy in front of them. That stuff is pivotal. I mean, Justin Jefferson and, uh, you know, uh, Chasing those guys got everybody thinking we finna have receivers that's gonna be all pros. That's Rick. That's not that's that's the exception. That is not the rule. Guys need to learn. And, and BJ, something you mentioned. I mean, Dylan Mose. I forgot that that guy was even on the roster. How much better can he be when you talk about him and Mac? Hey, all I'm saying is, I'm not saying Jacksonville gonna win the division. I'm thinking they, but I'm thinking they making a lot of great moves before you even get to the draft. All right, moving along, fellas. Take three. Freddie Freeman has not signed with the Dodgers. Being pursued by the Dodgers is not signed with anybody. Rumored to also be in it are the Yankees who would love to have a first base power bat. So which is more disgusting? Freddie Freeman wearing pinstripes or Freddie Freeman wearing Dodger blue? Which is more disgusting? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough any way you look at it. I I think going to the Yankees, right? I, I I think that's just that's just that's just the toughest. I mean, to see Freddie Freeman with the New York Yankees, and, and, and maybe part of it is we've we've heard about the Freddie Freeman Dodgers kind of possibility for some time now, and and uh, you know, I I think looking back on it, especially a lot of us probably at least embraced that as a potential reality some time ago. Unless, I mean, I, you know, Kevin, I know you probably follow it, uh, uh, being you guys more day-to-day than I do with the baseball stuff. But to me, the Yankees' uh, rumors feel a little more new compared to the Dodgers' rumors. But I just think, you know, Brian McCann with the Yankees, we were all watching that going, wait, what? Like, Brian McCann with the Yankees? Yeah. And now you're talking about, and now you're talking about Freddie Freeman potentially with the Yankees. I will say to to use your your, your phraseology, more disgusting would be the New York Yankees. Freddie Freeman and Pinsel. Wow. <laughs> I mean, for me, I think. I, I mean, I can't stand the Yankees. I mean, I. I I mean, my, my grandfather taught me right. He said, son, there's certain things you don't do. And one thing, you do not root for the Yankees, which I don't. But to me, BJ, it is going to be the Dodger Blue because that has been the thorn in the brave side. You just can't get by these freaking Dodgers. Now, here it is. To go back to the World Series, oh, my God. You know, that go Max Freed on the, on the mound. And that and go his old teammate, Freddie Free, you know, stepping up. I just – it just gets on my nerves because the thing about – the Yankees don't play fair because they don't play by the rules. I mean, you got oh, no, certain. They play by the rules. They, they do, like, they do, but you know, but they they are they are, you know, I mean, habitual, you know, rule breakers in the sense <laughs> where they, they all the money that they spend. You got certain organizations you can't make them spend with new, with the Yankees. Whoa, because y'all we'll pay we'll pay the tax, but it's probably gonna for me it is gonna be that Dodger blue because I've gotten sick of the Dodgers over the years. Like I'm just you know they just the Braves finally got over the hump and now you finna potentially add Freddie Freeman. I mean, what, Mookie, but goodness, man. Like, they don't need nobody else. Freddie Freeman, look, you know, 
I mean, go play for the Marlins. My goodness. I mean, <laughs> just get away. But I but I can't stand the Yankees, but I think it is going to be that Dodger blue. Because, Kevin, you know it'll be like, oh, the Braves got to play the Dodgers in LCA. You know you know that's how they end up being hiccup. hiccup. Oh, oh well, who just happened to pinch hitting? It goes pretty. Oh my God! He always I, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't stand it. But for me, it's gonna be that Dodge. No, I think if I see Freddie Freeman wearing like number thirty-seven <laughs> and pinstripes, I'm gonna throw up. Like I might literally have to excuse myself and go to the bathroom for a minute. That's just that's gross. Nobody wants to see that. Like Dodger blue will be weird. Yankee pinstripes, gross. Don't want to see that. That that will be physically uh, nauseating if I, if that happens. <laughs> It really will be. They 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 trying to make a pitch, right? I mean, look, look, they they they, they lost out on Matt Olson, right? The Yankees lost out. You know. Like I get it, Freddie. You didn't sign with the Braves, but don't do that. And, and, Come on, you, and, got, and you know what it is? <laughs> no, this is what it really is, uh, BJ. We we don't we don't want to go from loving him to hating him. Because I'm telling you, he go to New York. Like, what do you, like, what do you mean? I mean, I thought he was a good decision maker, but look at him. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> it's not because you know we make up more stuff about you know uh, Yankees players than any anybody else. Oh man, they spoiled, man. They look, look at him. I mean, they fan base. They think they are. No, I don't want. I, I, I can deal with the Dodgers if I don't like it, but don't go to – come on, man. Don't go to New York because they'll say, oh, yeah, we didn't get old, so who y'all end up getting? Freddie Freeman, lucky. No, it's that cheese. They just <laughs> open up that bank account. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. We'll continue talking Freddie Freeman, but also join us in about 20 minutes as well all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here 3 and Out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, B.J. Bennett. Glad you were with us. Of course, the Braves have traded for Matt Olson out of Oakland, giving up Shea Longoliers, Christian Pache, and a couple of minor league uh, prospects uh, on the pitching side who are said to be fairly good, but are ways away from making an impact at the major league level. I'm going to get your thoughts on that, Braves fans. 912-342-7184. 912-342-7184. Love to have you be a part of the show. Also, uh, Jag fans, it's been a, it's been a day in free agency. Uh, out there as well uh, as the NFL has been about as hot and heavy BJ and Ben as as Major League Baseball has uh, in, in free agency. The Jags have gone out there and made some moves uh, to to make themselves a whole lot better. And I guess what the contracts can't officially be signed until Wednesday when the team can officially announce. But I think yeah, I mean it, it's interesting to think about where the Jaguars have been. Uh, compared to where they may be going with, with Doug Peterson in there. And I mean, think about just, just, just all of the, I mean, the losing aside, I mean, the losing has been one thing, but just the dysfunction to have, to have a chance to sort of move forward with uh, a coach, obviously that's won a Super Bowl, a, a franchise quarterback and make no mistake about it. Trevor Lawrence is that I know he had a stretch the end of last year where he wasn't throwing a lot of touchdown passes, but you have your franchise quarterback, which every team in the national football league is trying to accomplish. And now you have a ton of free agency uh, uh, options with the cap space. You have great positioning with the draft. And uh, Ben, I thought you had a good point uh, uh, earlier. We were talking in the show meeting about kind of Jacksonville with the number one pick Uh, prior to the franchise tagging of Cam Robinson, I thought it looked like you were talking about what uh, Evan Neal or Ike McWanu uh, as the number one overall pick. And and you never know that could still happen. But I think if you look at some of the recent moves, um, Jacksonville's offensive line looks really good on paper. I mean, uh, you have, you have obviously Cam Robinson at left tackle, Brandon Linder, uh, one of the highest paid centers in the league uh, in the middle uh, Walker Little has been really good at right tackle. You still have Jawan Taylor there 
uh, Ben Barch uh, at guard, and then you bring in a five-time Pro Bowler uh, uh, in a sheriff there at guard. I mean, you look pretty solid along the offensive front, and you made some defensive additions we talked about. Uh, does it seem like to you guys that what we've seen in recent days suggests Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau? I mean, just, just based on kind of the, the moves along the offensive line, does it look like the number one pick is going to be to pair that second edge rusher with Josh Allen? I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll answer first and then let Ben go, but Ben, why, why, why is Kyle Hamilton off the board? Kyle Hamilton. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, why, why would he be off the board? Well, because because because, because he's number one overall pick. Well, and, 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 and I say this too. This is something me and Christian was talking about. I, is he the best player on your board? Yeah, he might. Then, be the then best, he go he take might, him. He might be the best player in the listen, draft. To Kevin's point. To Kevin's point about Kyle Hamilton. I've also seen a lot of speculation. And Kevin, I know you're always big on the what's real, what's not real with the draft rumors and information. That could you see Jacksonville reports that they're in love with Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau? to force a team maybe like the Lions or a team like the Jets who want an edge rusher to move up, and then maybe you do feel more comfortable if you drop down a spot or a couple of spots taking Kyle Hamilton, you know, somewhere else in the top five. But I, And who knows, but to me it feels like maybe you're not going offensive tackle now. The thing about the thing about what the Jaguars are doing, they're showing what happens when you have stability in the in the front office and you have a head coach that have a proven track record that understands what he's doing. Because while the GM picks the players, the coach has to go out there and uh, assimilate those players to put them together uh, in the right form. BJ, I mean, what Jacksonville is doing is showing one. They're saying, look, we supposed to we supposed to fill some big needs in free agency and add to those needs in the draft. Aiden Hutchinson, I, I mean, we hate to say it, but that hype train is real. Aiden Hudgens going to the 20. As a person who was a late bloomer myself in college, I'm always a fan of guys who, you know, they they, they was able to put together. Sometimes it take certain guys take them a year. Certain guys take them two. For me, it took me four to really put it all together. Aiden Hudgensen, he fits the size, prototypical size. And, I mean, he goes to Michigan, so he got the brand uh, behind him. And they, they was looking for a guy, what, 6'5", 6'6", 265. And... I mean, excluding the Georgia tape, he was dominant down the stretch when it mattered against Iowa, against Ohio State. But you can't. But you can't exclude the Georgia tape. Well, I, I'm, not exclu- I'm not excluding the Georgia tape, but I will say, in the last, <laughs> I mean, I mean, because I mean, you said that, I mean, like this is this is what because you and I were talking off the mm-hmm. air, BJ ben, ben and I were laughing about this because you're like, oh man, Aiden Hutchinson's a beast. If you take off the fact that when he went against the best tackles in the country, he didn't do good. Well, who who's playing tackle in the NFL? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I, ben, 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 I don't know. And, and I, of course, have very limited knowledge, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of the scouting department. I mean, I know that, that these guys see and evaluate a variety of different things. And, and listen, there's a lot to like with Aiden Hutchinson. 6'5", 270. I think he ran, what, a 4'7", uh, a big, strong, athletic, I think has some positional versatility. I was reading a scouting report the, the other day that said Aiden Hutchinson has the frame on obvious passing situations to even slip inside. So gives you some positional versatility. But Ben, you and I were talking about this uh, a while back. For for me, in my in my very limited frame of reference, it, it's 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 it, it's easier to kind of get a sense for this feels right with Kayvon Thibodeau if you're going edge at number one overall compared to Aiden Hutchinson. And Aiden Hutchinson had a fantastic final year in Ann Arbor, but we were talking about this the other day. Prior to the Ohio State game, was he being talked about as a top draft prospect? 
And and listen, he had, what, 14 quarterback pressures against the Buckeyes? One of the great single-game performances I've ever seen. But relatively speaking now, I mean, this guy clearly is a top five, top ten pick. Uh Relatively speaking, it makes me a little bit apprehensive that three or four months ago or prior to the final game of the regular season, you weren't really a top name in most circles for the NFL draft. And then to Kevin's point, I mean, listen, if you are drafted number one overall, that means you're the best player at football that's draft eligible on earth that's not in the NFL. And to Kevin's point, you went up against Georgia and you didn't do anything. And look, credit to credit to Warren McClendon, credit to Jamari Sawyer. You're talking about great players that are going to be in the National Football League too. I mean, those, those guys are outstanding. But the end result for Aiden Hutchinson is – you were not productive in the biggest game of your career. And then on the other side, I look at Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, think about the hype he had. Ben, I still think about us talking to him in Tallahassee when he was in high school. I mean, you're 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 looking at a guy that the expectations were incredible. I mean, if he didn't come out right away and dominate, people were going to say, up, oh, see, overrated. Came out right away, had an eight, nine sack season as a freshman, uh, had a little bit of a limited production season in the, uh, you know, in the second year, but then last year, very productive. You consistently saw it. I think there's more consistency to the production of what Kayvon Thibodeau did during his career than what Aiden Hutchinson did during his career. And that may not matter, but when I'm comparing those two guys, that's one of the things that that I think about is kind of multiple years of production for Thibodeau and a more limited, I know, he, I, I believe uh, Hutchinson had a leg injury, maybe his second or third year at Michigan, but more limited production, at least over the long term, for Hutchinson. When you think about the number one overall pick, you got to ask yourself, okay, when you look back on certain drafts, was this guy the best player in that draft down the line? When you look at Cam Newton back when he came out, I mean, when you look at his production and what he meant for Carolina, when you look at a guy like Andrew Luck, look at look at what he's look at how much he's meant to a franchise like the Colts since his departure, how they've been trying to replace him. Look at what Miles, you know, Garrett has been for the Cleveland Browns once he once he or Jadavion Clowney when he was at his best. Number one picks is this. At their best, are they, the, are they one of the most dominant players in the league? For a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, he wasn't even the most dominant player, you know, at his position in college football. So it's always going to be scary to me when you talk about a guy that gets that hype train. To be, because why? Because Mel Kuyper is saying it. Because Tom Machan is saying it. Because, you know, all these, uh, all these uh, draft analysts are saying it. The team should speak for it. When somebody goes, when Miles Garrett came up, people say, I don't know. When people go, do he had double digit sacks in the SEC and he was SEC defensive player of the year? Okay. Move on. Now, first team all pro, right? I just think that when when Jadavion Clowney got healthy, first team all pro. When Trevor Lawrence came out, I mean, this guy's a, I mean, this guy's a one, you know, one, you know, once in a lifetime type talent. They're not saying that by Aiden Hutchins. They're saying, I mean, against Iowa and Ohio State. That's dangerous. Because the whole thing about it is, if, if, this is if, I, which I hope you if you don't pan out, they're gonna be saying to say, well, you do, he only did this. He only had three sacks going yeah. into 2021. So BJ, like I said. I give you, I give you, I give you two, I give you two words. Derek Harvey. I hope it's not that, <laughs> but I remember when they drafted him out of Florida. Yeah, Jack's definitely not going Evan Neal at this point. I think it's safe to say. We'll come back. More reacts to the Freddie Freeman news. We'll chat with Bud Ellis next here. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back here, three and out on this Monday afternoon. Kevin Thomas, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Of course, the uh, the big news. Around Major League Baseball, the Braves have made a trade, and they're bringing in Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics. And, of course, as the all-star first baseman comes in, 
That means one all-star first baseman cannot stick around, and that would be one Freddie Freeman who will now go elsewhere. Joining us here in a long time, our reporter on the Atlanta Braves, Bud Ellis, joins us here on 3 and Out. Bud, welcome. How are you, man? Well, uh, kind of a busy Monday, you could say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say that jokingly. You kind of had a feeling this had to go one way or the other here at some point in time, right? We're three and a half weeks away from opening day, and it seemed like things were pretty quiet on the Freddie Freeman front. I don't doubt that the Braves and Freeman's people were were talking throughout the weekend, but, you know, it's and, and I tweeted this a, a little bit this afternoon. You could not get yourself into a situation where, Freddie Freeman ended up signing someplace else, and Matt Olson ended up getting traded someplace else, and you were left with Anthony Rizzo or, you know, fill in the blank. So as difficult as it was, and I think we've all seen the, the footage of Alex Anthopoulos meeting with the media and how emotional it was without him coming right out and saying that Freddie Freeman's gone, kudos to the Braves general manager for making what was a very difficult decision and I know my uh, I know my 19 year old's not real happy because he doesn't know the Atlanta Braves without Freddie Freeman. But rest assured, if you're not going to have the best first baseman in baseball, you just landed the second best first baseman in baseball on Matt Olson. I mean, but I mean, we all knew this day was going to come, right? I mean, like you just mentioned, I mean, uh, you, you you start hearing it, the Braves are in uh, spring spring training, they're getting ready for the season to start. No Freddie Freeman there, but. Doesn't Alex Anthopoulos, you know, don't we owe him, like, you know, some credit to say, look, it's not like the Braves were the only team that wanted Matt Olsen. I've heard rumors of saying, uh, you know, the Yankees wanted him. Like, as you mentioned, if you can't keep the guy, you still want to get the guy you coveted, even if Freddie Freeman is moving on. You are in a window where you are going to be on that short list of three, four, five teams for the next few years with a legitimate shot to win the World Series. And what you could not do is run a lineup out there without a power bat at first base. And, again, you're talking about – and, look, Freddie Freeman may go down as one of my favorite Braves that I've watched in 40-plus years of following and writing about this franchise. But at the end of the day, you couldn't stand there and come away empty-handed. Instead of that, Allison Anthopoulos deserves a lot of credit. He landed a guy who's won two gold gloves who was eighth in the American League MVP voting last year, who hit 39 homers in 2021, 36 in 2019, playing half of his games in probably the hardest ballpark in all of baseball to hit home runs in. And you've got him for two more years at a cost that is pretty nominal, all things considered, projected $12 million in arbitration this year. You factor 16 to 18 in arbitration next year, or in other words, what it probably would have cost you to keep Freddie Freeman for one year, I mean, nobody wanted to see Freddie leave, but at the end of the day, Freddie and, and his folks have to make the best decision based upon what they want to do. That's why you play all those years to get the free agency, but that doesn't mean if you're the Braves that you can stand around and just wait and wait and wait. I mean, you've got a shot to go win the World Series again this year, but you've still got work to do besides first base over the next three weeks. So, yeah, kudos to Alex for finally saying, okay, we've got to make sure we get somebody to play first base who is a, a, an elite player. And the feelings about Freddie Freeman aside, Matt Olson is an elite player. Let there be no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I think he did a, a wonderful job uh, picking up a guy that, uh, as I said earlier on the show, Ben, you, you lost an all-star and got an all-star. You lost a power bat, you got a power bat. You lost a gold glover, you got a gold glover. Great job there. What about the cost? Uh, obviously, you gave up uh, Christian Pache, who defensively people love, offensively has yet to come around. Shaylon Galeers, who a lot of people had already said, oh, man, this is going to be the catcher uh, for years to come. And two pitchers down at A-ball, but one of whom was your number one pick from a season ago. Yeah, that, it, it's a high price. And, and that is that is the balancing act of of going through this. And, and fortunately, we um, I haven't talked to you guys since the lockout ended. Fortunately, the lockout ended because for 99 days the sport was frozen, and there was a lot of thought of and, you know people I talked to and so forth about okay, well you know weighing the cost of paying Freddie Freeman for six years at 28, 29, 30 million dollars a year versus well if you go and pivot and get Matt Olson. This is going to be the deal where Alex is really going to have to take the cream of the crop out of his farm system. And I honestly thought that Shailene Aliers, along with Michael Harris Jr., were the two untouchables. So it does hurt from that aspect, but you do have William Contreras, who's a very highly regarded catcher. I think the organization, you know, feels like that maybe Pache won't hit enough that maybe in their eyes he was a little expendable, although I think, uh, I, I think he's a multiple gold glove winner with full-time duty in the major leagues. He's that good defensively. But look, if you're going to land a guy like Matt Olson, who turns 28 years old next month, who is just entering the prime of his career, and, and just the thought of this guy playing half his games at Truist Park, I, this is not hyperbole. He might hit 45 to 50 home runs playing, you know, you know, being an Atlanta Brave for a full season, that is going to cost you. It just is, and that's just the price of doing business. You either pay someone for six years and hope that that they're worth the twenty-five to thirty million you'd have to pay them in the case of Freddie Freeman, or you go land Matt Olson for two years, give up a big haul prospect-wise. And I would think, as we think about, you know, well, Austin Riley at some point in time may get a contract extension. They may sign Dancy Swanson to a long-term deal before he goes to free agency. Max Free maybe an extension. You got to think extension talks with Matt Olson are going to factor in this equation as well. But how much is this just the cost of doing business? I mean, you understand it is very, very hard for a player to be missed by a fan base if. He, he or she is not re-signed. Freddie Freeman just happened to be a guy that said, okay, man, I was here during the dark ages of the Braves when I was the only thing even worth watching. When you think about what Alex Anthopoulos has, has, has given him, I mean, obviously nobody saw Solaire, Rosario, and, you know, uh, and Jock Peterson doing what they did, but he gets to walk away and say, hey, man, I was here for the dark years, now I'm an MVP, now I'm a World Series champ. I just, you know, was too, you know, I just cost a little bit too much money. I don't think we appreciate when Alex Anthopoulos is sending uh, – you know, Freddie Freeman off, even if it is in that Dodger Blue, or dare I say, oh my God, those are those pinstripes in New York. I can deal with the pinstripes much more than the Dodger Blue, but that's just personal preference for me. I don't like either one of them. But hey, look, Ben, you said it right. You know, if you think about Freddie Freeman, 12 years as an Atlanta Brave, making his debut late in September of 2010, final days of Bobby Cox's career, and everything he went through, hitting the walk off homer to quench the wild card in 12 being the only person that was left when they stripped everything down during the rebuild. And then to culminate that with his rise to prominence, his rise to superstardom, MVP, World Series champion, final home run in his final at-bat with the Braves in the World Series, catches the final out of the World Series, 
I'll admit, there were times during the lockout where I thought, you know, if Freddie really wants a six-year deal, then, you know, bless him, go get it. And if that's the way that it turns out, could, there's no better way to end your, your chapter with, with a franchise than what Freddie Freeman did. But for the fans who are upset, and I've seen some of them on Twitter, and, they, you know, you got a right to be a little upset. I mean, everybody loves Freddie. I mean, great human being, beautiful family, all of that. But guess what? April 7th at Truist Park, they're going to yell play ball. And you owe it to your fan base, and you owe it to the guys in that room to go out there. And if Freddie's not coming back or you feel like you're getting to a point where you're getting stuck between a rock and a hard place and the fans in the hourglass are starting to run low, you got to pivot. And sometimes in business and in running a baseball team, it's real hard to make that pivot. It may not be what your heart says you have to do, but you got to follow what your head says you have to do. And the Braves had to go get someone. They couldn't have gotten anyone better than that Olsen. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Bud, a couple quick questions here before we, uh, we we head out here on this this Monday. One, where do you think Freddie stands all-time uh, Atlanta Brave? And we kind of had a debate. I think it's close, but I don't know. Do you think number five ends up on the outfield wall at some point? Oh, wow. Well, I'll say this. I, I think it's a slam dunk. Freddie Freeman will be a Braves Hall of Famer one day. Um as to whether number five hangs up in the, you know, down, down the third base line, I was having this conversation with my kids this weekend, and I said, if Freddie signs a contract with the Braves, you can go ahead and start making the statue, and you can start, you know, building the number five to hang down there. I, I, don't, know about, I, I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I think it depends, right? It, it just depends on how this goes. Does Freddie end up going somewhere for, four or five, for five or six years? And then he comes back to Atlanta and maybe finishes his career here and plays another final two or three years. Who's to say, right? As far as where he ranks, you know, again, you're, you know, what are the parameters? You're talking about a franchise that's 150 years old, but I'll tell you this. Since the ball club moved to Atlanta from a position player standpoint, you know, to total of work, I mean, there's Chipper Jones at the top. And there's probably a real short list right behind him. I think you have to put Freddie Freeman on there. It was quite a run for the, uh, for the first baseman, and we wish him well. All right, uh, Bud, 30 seconds. I know that's tough. Uh, you're, you're a words guy. But 30 seconds, uh, what's the next move for Atlanta? A lot of smoke about Solaire. Are they looking for a veteran pitcher? What's the next move here? Payroll, by my estimate right now with the moves today, is $150 million. It's got two open roster spots on the 40-man. I think you may see another trade coming. I love the Solaire thought. I think they need at least one more outfielder, preferably someone to play in center. But if it's Solaire, so be it, because you can move him to left when Acuna comes back. And I think they need a veteran starter for the back end of the rotation. And while they're at it, let's sign Charlie Culberson to a minor league deal, give him a chance to win the final roster spot, and let's ride in three and a half weeks. That's, that's how it goes, Charlie Culberson. It's relief, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just going to keep going till, uh, till there is no more thing such as it's called baseball. Bud Ellis, our guest here on 3 and Out. Bud, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks much. All right, boys. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. Bud Ellis joining us here. We'll come back with more 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Of course, don't forget to get involved with our Bracket Challenge. Presented by Coach's Corner. Go to ESPNCoastal.com, and you can get uh, signed up. Put your bracket in up against ours. And we've got some great prizes. 70-inch flat screen TV, wings for a year. Some of our prizes we're going to be giving away. So 
Get, get involved with our bracket challenge presented by Coaches Corner. Go to ESPNCoastal.com. Get signed up. You can check our social media accounts. we got the, that link out there as well. Should be a lot of fun. As If you've watched college basketball this year, who the heck knows what's going to happen, BJ? Look, all I know is this. Uh, I didn't like it at first because your approach to picking games in the tournament takes some of the fun out of it. <laughs> but you have long been a proponent of just go with the go with the higher seed, go with the team that that had the better season. I mean, don't overthink it. Yeah, there might be a few upsets, but you run the risk of really messing your bracket up when you have like three 13 seeds going to the elite eight. And again, that takes the fun out of it. And I and I don't like you for that because you've made me kind of reevaluate how I look at the tournament. There are going to be some upsets. I might pick one, but you've 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 worn me down over the years. Then he's got me picking all the all the favorites here in the NCAA tournament. BJ, you know just like I know. I mean, uh, the reason why people like Cinderella because that's a fairy tale. It's not a it's not a real thing. It's in the it's in the fictional section of the library. Warren Buffett was willing to give a billion dollars of his money for a perfect bracket. And last time I checked, he has not. Sent out that check yet? We all gonna get it wrong after the first after the first round. Every bracket gonna be busted. Maybe like maybe set by two or three. Yeah. Hey, the whole the whole goal is to be there when you get to the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight. If you have a if you can have seven or eight left or five of eight, you're doing pretty good. You're gonna give yourself a chance uh, to be there when it's all said and done. Go to ESPNCoastal.com. Get signed up. Be a part of our bracket challenge there presented by Coach's Corner. We're coming back. One more hour to go. Tom Brady is back in the NFL again. Goodness gracious. Good to have you back here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to in this final hour. Of course, Freddie Freeman not going to be in the Atlanta Braves' future at uh, this point. We'll also look at Mike White goes from Florida to Georgia to coach basketball. Not often you get to uh, to say that. Franz Beard will join us coming up in just a little bit. But uh, certainly the the NFL world and the sports world turned on his hair uh, yesterday when one Tom Brady put out an Instagram post and said, I'm coming back. And joining us here from The Athletic, covers the Bucks. Greg Allman joins us here on 3 and Out. Greg, welcome. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you coming on and joining us. Uh, did you have a sense this was going to happen? I mean, it kind of came out, oh, I'm coming back. Or what? What's kind of your thoughts? Did you get a sense Tom was coming back? I did not. I mean, he had that whole deal where he went out and was at a Man U game uh, the day before you know, watching uh, Ronaldo play, and it's like it's nice to see him kind of out and about with kids, enjoying retirement. Um, so, no, I, again, we, we certainly knew this was a possibility, but I wasn't expecting it uh, yesterday by any means at all. Greg, I mean, so when, when, when you look back on the 2022 season, can we can we attribute this to the Tom Brady offspring or just him uh, just, being, uh, just wanting to get back to football? Yeah, I think more than anything. I mean, I think he, he likes the time with his family. I just think um, – you know, I think he's had time to think about not playing and not being part of a, a team for a season. And this was kind of the last weekend you could change your mind and not have it really affect the team that you'd be coming back to. You know, if you wait till after free agency to decide to come back, there's a lot of guys that probably, you know, are choosing not to come back because they don't know who the quarterback is here. And then if you make the decision in June to, to come out of retirement, you're coming back to a, a much less uh, championship-level team. You know, so I think it was smart of him to – to decide to get back uh, just before everybody else is making their own decision. Greg, you look at uh, the NFC South, of course. Uh, we're here in Falcons country and the NFC South. I mean, Tom Brady, he's got to have a fall off at some point, right? I mean, but, but there he was at, what, 44, playing as statistically one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league last year. 
yeah, I mean, it, it, again, age 44, you, you keep expecting a drop-off. It'll come eventually, but we didn't see it last year. I mean, to lead the league in touchdowns, lead the league in passing yards, uh, win a division title, and, and, I mean, they probably came as close as anybody did to taking out the Rams, getting all the way back from you know, 27-3 down, tied a game. Um, his defense kind of let him down there in the last minute. Otherwise, it might have been a, a very different outcome there. Greg, when you think about this uh, Tampa Bay Bucks team, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, having a guy like Tom Brady back definitely makes the team much better, but it's going to be a total different team. I mean, Dominican Sue, I mean, free agent Jason Pierre-Paul, free agent Rob Gronkowski, free agent Leonard Fournette, free agent. Yes, I mean, I think I think they guard just might have uh, just signed uh, with, with Cincinnati. I know they're going to have to still make some moves and bring it back. Chris Godwin definitely helps that, but how much different of a team is it going to be in 2022, and what, what other type of moves are they going to need to make to even be a contender, not just in the NFC South, which they will be, but in the N- NFC as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think this will be, you know, we're in last year, it was everybody back from the Super Bowl team, almost too much in common with the year before. This year, they'll be missing people. They'll be turning to younger guys. They really didn't get much impact from their rookies last year. Uh, those guys and, and this year's rookie class, they're going to have to count on. They're going to have to step in and, and play some big roles for them. So um, it's probably a, a different challenge than what the Bucks had a year ago. Uh, but again, I mean, I think you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. You got most of what you had this past year back. They'll, they'll be probably seen as the team to be the NFC South and probably looking up at the Rams and the Packers, but not much else in the NFC. Does that dynamic change at all if Carolina ends up with Deshaun Watson? You know, I guess it makes it a closer race. Um, Carolina's, you know, just lost Hassan Reddick today. They're, they're taking some losses on defense. So, um, absolutely, Deshaun Watson is, is a big step up for them to get quarterback play that they didn't have last year. If they get a healthy Christian McCaffrey and keep him, that's huge. If they get a healthy J.C. Horn, that's huge. Um, they can be a much-improved team, but they're coming off of like three straight five-win seasons. So it, it's tough to go from that to winning the division in one year. Um, but again, I, I think they'll be much closer to that if they can get uh, Deshaun Watson on board. Bruce Arians, I mean, obviously a well-traveled coach. Now he's a I mean, uh, Super Bowl champion, but – how much is having a guy like Tom Brady coming back for a third year help him? Because he was a guy that's very set in his ways. I mean, I don't know what type of relationship him and Tom Brady has. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad one. But how much better or not of a coach is Bruce Aaron knowing that, look, man, I'm going to let Byron Leftwich and, uh, you know, and obviously Tom Brady take care of the offense. I'm going to be that overseer. But I got a guy that can definitely help my team as a whole, you know, uh, play better, you know, especially when it's going to be a, a different cast of characters. Yeah, I mean, Bruce, you know, has been with a lot of quarterbacks over the years. Obviously, this was Tom Brady probably. But uh, for him to come back and coach, I mean, he was committed to coach this team before Brady was back. I mean, he's going to be 70 this fall. There's only six guys in NFL history that have coached a game as a head coach at age 70 or older. Um, so, no, I think it's it's been fun to see him kind of mesh with what he believes in offensively and what Tom believes in offensively and finding kind of a a combination of two two things to come together and, and I mean obviously they've been very successful the, the two years they've been together offensively. Greg Allman the athletic joining us here on three and out. Greg do you believe this is a farewell tour for Tom or is this a year by year thing for Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah I mean he's already retired once so I, I think you have to go into any season thinking it's his last year but uh, if he's healthy again if they have team success again if he's playing at a high level the reason he keeps doing it is because he enjoys doing it. He's doing it at a high level. So I, I suppose in uh, in 10 months when he's making the same decision again, uh, you can't really rule it out. But I'd like to think if they have a good amount of success this year, this could be his last year. He's already a year or two past playing in a year where no one's really had the level of success that he's having. Um, 
But like I said, as long as he's healthy and he's enjoying it, it's hard to think about taking that away from him. Yeah, Greg, I was just saying, I mean, because people used to say, oh, Tom Brady said he'll play till he's 49-50. Like, that would be ridiculous. I, I would say if he, if he could, I mean, could he play, do you think? Would, would he have enough in him to say, like, hey, I'm 48 years old out here still trying to play? Or at that point, you're like, man, you're also 48 years old with 290-pound 25-year-olds chasing after you. Right. I mean, I think 45 was always the number he talked about for the longest time. So that's what he'll – He'll turn 45 in August. That that gets him there. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, he's he's certainly doing things that no 43 and no 44-year-old had ever done. You don't want to put anything past him. But, um, you know, to have as, as close as he was to retiring, to wanting to spend time with his kids, uh, if he does wait until he's 49 or 50, they're going to be off in college. They won't really have kids to come home to. You know, he'll be missing out on some of that. So I do think there's probably some urgency on his uh, clock ticking just as a dad that wants to be a part of his family, whether it's this year or a year from now. I, I don't think he has too much more left. Greg, obviously you had a chance to see a lot of quarterbacks come through Tampa Bay. I mean, the Brad Johnsons, I mean, uh, the Brian Greases, the Jeff Garcias, Freeman, James Wentz, I think both Luke McCown and Josh McCown played there. What what makes Tom Brady so different? I mean, obviously he understands the quarterback position. He's seen it all, done it all. But what does he bring to a franchise that elevates the status quo of not just the offense but everybody around him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a mentality. It's a confidence. Um, you know, when your quarterback has won seven championships, I think it's really easy just to watch what he does and want to do things the way he does them. Um, there's such a constant attention to detail. Um He's a guy that can joke around around the field, but he's very serious when he's practicing, very serious when he's playing. Um, and I think that's something that other people can pick on really easily. So um, I think it starts with just the confidence that having him as your quarterback gives you when you know he has you know 43 all-time fourth-quarter comebacks. And when you're down, I think that, that lifts everybody up around him to know how easy and how routine it is for him to lead a team back from deficits. Um, and then just the expectation of success. I mean, he came here, Bucks hadn't been in the playoffs in, in 13 years, hadn't won a playoff game in 18 years, and to come in and, and be able to kind of change the culture to where there's this expectation of winning every week. Um, you know, you win a Super Bowl your first year, it, it's, you know, it's hard to dream of that in your first year with a team. Uh, but he's done that, and even last year, I mean, I think they were disappointed not to do better last year, but they still won a division title got to host two home playoff games, did a lot of things that this team hadn't done in a long time. So uh, once you've done that, you kind of have the expectation of, of starting every season with with the hope and the plan of doing it again. And, and again, it probably would have been the case even if he wasn't here, but it's even more so now that he's back as their quarterback. Ten Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl championships. I mean, for the first team to host – and win a Super Bowl before the Rams did it, obviously, uh, last season. Only lost to Nick Foles and Eli Manning twice. We talk about him coming back. Is it just – I mean, what is it about – because he's done it all, right, Greg? You've seen, he's seen it all and done it all. Is it just the competitive nature of a Tom Brady to say, look, man, my best statistical season was last season, and I just think I'm better than those other guys at the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that's defied all of your normal expectations for father time wearing you down. Um you know, it hasn't missed a game due to injury since 2008. So when you think about taking care of your body, doing the right things diet-wise, health-wise, preparation-wise to kind of limit the potential for injuries, um, that, that's what he's done. And that's why he's still doing this at what will be 45 years old this year. Not only, um, I think, you know, there's an entire generation of players that have grown up watching him dominate the NFL. It's all they've known. 
for a lot of these guys. So, like I said, he's kind of completely unique, probably in the NFL, except for maybe guys like LeBron. There's not many guys in any pro sports that have that right now. Aaron Rodgers signs a four-year, $200 million contract extension, $153 million deal, but only has played and won one Super Bowl. If if it comes down to the Bucs and, and uh, Green Bay in the NFC Championship game and Tom Brady is the victor, what, where does that rank? Because he seems to be adding to his legacy. I mean, every time, I guess, ESPN wants to try to do a story on him, I mean, the guy keeps adding to it. Where, where would that rank if he you know, beats Aaron Rodgers, arguably the greatest thrower of the football? But to look at this guy and say, look, man, I know you guys are in your early 30s or late 30s. I'm in my mid-40s. Where would you rank that if he does stare Aaron Rodgers in the face in 2022 and he's the last man standing? Oh, I mean, he's he's done it twice already. I mean, he did it in 2020 here in Tampa. He did it in the playoff, you know, to knock him out of the playoffs in the NFC Championship game. So he, he's done that already a bunch of times. It, it It's more impressive to do it again. Um, I'm sure there's a good chance those two could meet up in the playoffs. But that, that's nothing too new that way. I've got some news here coming here, guys, so i got to run. But thanks again for having me on. Okay. Hey, appreciate it. Greg Allman joining us here on 3 and Out. Appreciate him stopping by and joining us. And we've got more uh, to come on the flip side. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back to 3 and Out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. A lot of wild things happening over the last 24, 48 hours in the world of sports. And one thing that I don't know if a lot of folks saw coming was a Florida coach going to coach the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's what's happening. Mike White going to take over for Tom Crean there in Athens. Joining us here, Franz Beard of Gator Bait stepping in. Franz, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Well, you know, trying to wrap my head around all this is going on. Frank White gets fired at South Carolina, Conzo Martin up at Missouri, Will Wade at LSU, and Mike White leaving. So we got, what, one, two, three, four, four vacancies. We've had five vacancies and four remaining in the SEC. That's unprecedented. Oh, certainly. And, and, and Franz, when you look at Mike White, I mean, obviously, I know Florida fans had gotten frustrated with him, but he leaves to take over a program that just had one win in the SEC and six in the entire season. Why, why would he do that? Well, at Florida, he followed a legend, and he broke the cardinal rule, which is never, ever, as long as you live under any circumstance, follow a legend. Be the guy that follows the guy that follows the legend, but don't ever follow him. He did that. Uh, and he was constantly thought to be, you know, compared to be the next Billy Donovan. And he's not the next Billy Donovan. And he's going up to Georgia, and heck, you know, it doesn't take much to be the next Tom Crean, does it? I mean, friends, I mean, that's something me and you talked about when, you know, you know, you know earlier, I mean, Right, wrong, and different, or fair or unfair. That when it comes when it comes to the when it comes to the expectations of Florida, as you mentioned, everybody think that the next Billy Donovan is going to be the next head coach of uh, Florida basketball. Like as we mentioned, that's not going to happen. But how much of the nonsense that goes on away from the court that Mike White was saying? Look, man, when it comes to me, I understand the criticism, but my family, my my children, my wife, these people are off limits. That he got tired of dealing with that. It's a fact. It is a fact, and and you know. Uh, Unfortunately, we live in an era of social media. It's not just a fact here. It's a fact everywhere you go. Um, The fans get on social media. And, you know, you you go back then when you played football at Florida, fans could be upset, but there wasn't 
you know, Facebook and all this other stuff for them to start start uh, getting after you. They they didn't have all these search engines where they can find out where you live, who your friends are, who your parents are, etc., like that, and attack them. And that's the era we live in. And you know, it, Mike White's not the first one to to basically give give the finger to a fan base. But he's the most recent one and the most prominent one in Florida uh, in quite some time. Thrunt, how do you think he'll do? How do you think he'll do there at, at Georgia going over? Uh, obviously, Georgia, the state, has a lot of basketball talent. The problem is Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina come in and take a lot of it. How do you think he'll do there in Athens? Well, that's been the $64,000 question for everybody who's been the head coach at Georgia. I mean, I remember uh, back in when Dennis Felton was the coach there, and everybody thought he was just going lock to uh, lock down Atlanta. And back in the, around, from say about 2008 to about 2014, Atlanta probably produced more talent than any metro area in America, including New York and including Los Angeles. It was phenomenal the amount of talent that was coming out because you had the uh, Atlanta Celtics AAU team, the Worldwide Renegades AAU team, and the Georgia Stars. Those three were as good uh, AAU programs as there existed. And, uh, you know, for example, Dwight Howard came out, came out of, uh, let's see, he was with the Atlanta Celtics. And um, Morris, the big Morris kid, played at Kentucky, came out of, out of the Georgia Stars. And it was just phenomenal uh, back in those days. Uh, I remember when the Georgia Stars had, had uh, just uh, an unbelievable. They had guys who were sitting on the bench who ended up being, you know, double-figure scorers in uh, Division One schools. And it's changed a little bit, but there's still an awful lot of talent. First and foremost, you got to lock down, lock down Atlanta, and it's Kirby Smart came here. Everybody was wondering what's going on. Why can't Georgia get over the hump? Well, Kirby Smart came in. What's the first thing he does? He locks down Atlanta, and guess what? He's over the hump. Something Mark, you know, uh, Mark Rick, nice, nicest guy in the world, but Mark Rick never locked down Atlanta. Look what happened when Kirby did it. And five years later, after Kirby's been there, he's got a national championship and he's played for another one. So if Mike can come in here and do that, he's going to be he's going to have a fabulous thing. But here's the here's the the one thing I, I told some people this morning. At Georgia, if Mike White does what he did at Florida he will have a percentage-wise, he'll be the winningest coach in Georgia history. So all he's got to do is repeat what he does now, and, and they'll be, and as Pat Dooley wrote in a column, they'll be erecting statues of him at, at Georgia. I mean, the, the, the winningest coach in Georgia history is Hugh Durham, who didn't even win 60% of his games. Mike White uh, won nearly two-thirds of his games at Florida, but it wasn't enough. And now let's see what happens here. Um, I like Mike personally. I think he's a very good basketball coach. 
And I think that he's in a no-pressure situation. And given that it's a no-pressure situation, he's got a chance. But he's going to have to. He's going to have to have really good assistant coaches. And I think that scenario that he didn't address properly when he was at Florida. Um, I like all the guys he's had as assistant coaches, but I don't think that they necessarily were outstanding assistants. And the game has gotten too complicated. You guys know this. Ben, you know this from your playing days in football. If you don't have great assistance, you're not going to win games. I mean, friends, I mean, and how much of this with Mike White is, like you said, I mean, just a chance to be able to breathe. I mean, when you think about when you think about Florida and just the expectation, I mean, there's so much going on around there from all the sports. I mean, you don't get a break from football to basketball to the gymnastics, the soccer, the, the baseball. I mean, the expectation is through the roof. How much of it is just being able to go to go to Athens and hopefully say, look, with all those things you just mentioned, from taking over Atlanta to making sure you got the assistance, he want to just say, look, I, I want to be in a place that's going to hopefully give me an opportunity to go out there and you know, put my system together because in Florida, no matter what he did, it wasn't going to be enough, especially when uh, in his years he had Hasn't won an SEC championship. Never made it. Never made the Final Four. Made one Sweet Sixteen. He get to go to Georgia and try to build a program that really doesn't have tradition at all. Well, you look at you just mentioned that you just made a key point, Ben. You take a look at what's going on at Florida. Like for example, right now, ben, he, you know, Mike did not win an SEC in seven years. Florida's swimming team has won ten SECs in a row and has had. 10 top five finishes in the NCAA in a row. The men's tennis team won the national championship last year. The women's indoor track team just won the national championship. Mike Holloway, since 2010, has won 10 national championships in track. Uh, go, you know, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, 2017 national championship in baseball. Tim Walton has has uh, two national championships. Gymnastics has won three. And here you are, you know, you come into these meetings when they call in all the coaches, and, you know, you're the guy sitting at the end of the table who's never who's never won anything. Boy, uh, that's pressure. And whoever comes here has got to understand it. You know, Florida is a school where excellence is expected and demanded in every single sport. And there are, you know, if you don't, if you don't win championships, you're you know you're you're NFL as uh, Jerry Glanville once said. NFL stands for not for long. <laughs> so, friends, finally, who's uh, who's next in line there for Florida? Obviously, a program that can win, uh, but has who's who's what kind of guy is Florida looking for here? Well, they're either going to go with a veteran coach that is a big time hire, or they're going to go for somebody who's younger, who has a bright future. I think the younger guy is going to be the, the fallback plan. My belief is the top candidate is going to be Brad Underwood at, at Illinois. And I'll tell you why. Eric Pastrana was his top assistant and recruiter when he went 89-14 and 14 back in his days at Stephen F. Austin. Guess where Eric Pastrana is coaching right now? University of Florida. Guess who just recruited two five-star big men to the University of Florida in the last recruiting class? Eric Pastrana. 
guess who? Uh, I would make that my priority to keep those two guys because Florida loses seven seniors, including Colin Castleton, who's the heart and soul of the team. So you get a guy, you get the right guy in, which in my opinion uh, would be a Brad Underwood. Uh, another guy that I would say would be a, 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 a very competent and extraordinary hire but I don't think he's got the charisma that they're looking for is Anthony Grant. Love Anthony Grant. And he loves Gainesville, but he also loves Dayton. And he doesn't have the – he does not have the um, pressure at Dayton that he's got right here – would have right here in Gainesville. I think he's happy in Dayton. But I, I, it wouldn't bother me to get Anthony back. But he's not a charismatic guy. Brad Underwood, in his own gruff way, is a charismatic guy. But he's a tough guy. And he wins, and he's won everywhere he's been. And he's got a few, he's won the Big Ten this year in the regular season. So that would be my top. That would be my top guy. My fallback guy would be Todd Golden, the coach at San Francisco, coached for Bruce Pearl at Auburn, uh, played for Bruce Pearl at the Maccabee Games back when they won the gold medal there. Uh, so he knows the SEC quite well, and he's done a fabulous job uh, at. San Francisco has them in the NCAA tournament. They play in the league that's got BYU. They play in a league that's got uh, St. Mary's and that little old school up there in the Northwest called Gonzaga. They play a little bit of basketball up there, guys. Absolutely. And, again, we'll see what Florida decides to do there uh, with their basketball search. Franz Beard, our guest here on 3 and Out. Franz, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. He joins us here on 3 and Out. And Mike White goes to Georgia. Now Florida's in the coaching search. We'll see what happens. Ben, were you surprised by that? I mean, obviously, Mike White had, as, as Franz said, maybe given the middle finger to the Florida fan base a little bit. But to go to Georgia where, uh, historically, you're going to have an uphill battle. Yeah, you want to go somewhere he, where he celebrated, not just tolerated. He was, every week, I mean, uh, you know, dealing with these Florida fans, it's rough. Because just like Franz said, you don't want to be the guy, uh, you know, uh, that comes behind the man. Like, like, like everybody think that Billy D, uh, you know, uh, his, uh, his protege, Mike White was going to just be able to because uh, and BJ, you know this. When it comes to Florida, look, they had a nice run with Billy Donovan, and everybody think that was going to be their claim to fame. I went and looked back to see how many teams in the SEC has won the national championship. It is three: Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. That's one and added. That's it. So all these people are like, oh, all this well, Kentucky. Great, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Kentucky, well, hold on, I'm sorry, not Tennessee. Kentucky. Florida and Arkansas. I don't know what I'm talking about, Tennessee. So you talk about all these teams that got all this tradition. There's not a lot there, but Mike White, I mean, you want to win, right? But it, the stuff he had to deal with away from talking about his family, talking about his wife and his kids, look, man, those are fighting words. I'm not going to be walking around Gainesville with your wife coming and telling you that, you know, she's really getting threats and all and kids getting bullets. That's nonsense. You want to win, but come on, man. Billy Donovan won too, and I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a ride that wave forever, but <laughs> You make it seem as if this type of thing is easy to do. Look, you got to – even if you can deal with a Kentucky. I mean, Auburn has gotten good as of late. Texas A&M, Kevin played in the SEC tournament uh, final, didn't even make it in uh, to, the, to the NCAA tournament. So, I I, I I can understand the scrutiny and the criticism. I will not ever condone threatening people's families because you, you a person's family should not be uh, taking criticism and the blunt of that nonsense because, you know, Mike White wasn't getting it done. Yeah, well said. And uh, you know, when the when the news broke, I, there, there there seemed to be a lot of surprise uh, amongst amongst Georgia Bulldog fans. You know, for a while there, there was a report that came out about about Scott Drew, the head coach at Baylor, and 
when you were talking about the potential of the head coach of the defending national champions uh, being your being your target or having interest in your job, I think there was uh, you know a, a a kind of boost in excitement. I mean, Georgia had a really disappointing year, clearly a really bad year, and Georgia basketball has not been nationally relevant in a very long time. And I think when you saw the Scott Drew news, a lot of people who otherwise may not pay attention to Georgia basketball or you know may not may not even have kind of a whole lot of awareness about Georgia basketball went, wait a second, the head coach of the defending national champions is interested in, in, uh, in, in Georgia. But look, I think, I, I think coach white is a good coach. Uh, you know, you heard Franz say it there. I mean, if he duplicates what he did at Florida at Georgia, he'll be one of the most successful coaches in Georgia history. And it really is kind of hard to understand why Georgia hasn't been able to have success for an extended period of time, but really outside of the Hugh Durham yep. era. And, you think about, I mean, and 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 look, you've had some success, Tubby Smith, but you think about, you think about, you know, some of the programs in the SEC, Kentucky, Florida. You mentioned Tennessee. Tennessee's a three seed in the tournament. South Carolina made a Final Four not long ago. Mississippi State's been really good in the past. Arkansas, of course, LSU, and Georgia just really hasn't had that for an extended period of time. So interesting, certainly, that you kind of, I was kind of think like Rick Pitino was at Kentucky and then at Louisville, but to be at Florida and then to go, nope, and I guess was kind of on the hot seat at Florida, but to go from Florida to Georgia, uh, that was definitely a surprise. Yeah. And it seemed like there was a lot of Bulldog fans going, wait, what now? <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Look, last year was bad. Last year was bad. I think you'll see Georgia – uh, have some success moving forward. Yeah, we've got more to come here on Three Out. Certainly a wild day in the state of Georgia. The Braves have made a trade, which likely means the end for Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. We'll get to that next. It's Three and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, Three and Out. On this Friday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, BJ Bennett. Glad you're making us a part of your day. If you are just joining us, surely by now you've heard the news that uh, Matt Olson is going to be in Atlanta Braves. The A's first baseman traded to Atlanta for Shane Longoliers, Christian Pache, a couple minor league arms uh, as well. Matt Olson, of course, plays a gold glove, power-hitting, all-star level first base, which deductive reasoning will tell you means Freddie Freeman is not coming back. Obviously, uh, I, I just put it out there on uh, Twitter a little bit ago. Obviously, you can't understate what Freddie Freeman meant to the franchise. But if you take that disappointment, that sadness, and step back and say, what do, what do fans want from their stars? I want, you to rep, I want you to rep the city well. I want you to be a class act. I want you to be a, someone the hometown folks look to. I want you to be an all-star. I want you to be a big-time player. I want you to deliver us a title. He did all that. He did all that. And for people like, I'm, I'm going to boo Fred. Freddie Freeman owes you nothing. He owes you absolutely nothing, right? You can, If you want to be mad, and I don't even think you should be mad, but if you want to be mad, be mad at the Braves that they let it get to this point and let Freddie Freeman walk. But the fact of the matter is, Freddie Freeman's making a business decision. The Braves financially aren't able to deliver, in Freddie's mind, probably his age's mind, what he wants. And so the Braves, as we talked to Bud earlier in the show, had to make a decision. Do we hold out, keep trying to make this thing work? potentially get the short end and have nobody playing first base and have to pull off another move? Or do we see this young kid who's an Atlanta native who's going to make $11, $12 million, not $30, $11, $12 million, plays gold glove first base, hits for power, hits for average, and we can make that happen right now? Let's go ahead and do it. 
And obviously, you saw the press conference. Alex Anthopoulos talking to reporters, getting choked up. He's like, this was not easy to do. But it had to be done, BJ. And unfortunately, that means the Braves are going to have to do it without Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and I think after after getting past kind of the initial shock of of actually seeing the news, uh, even even with sort of indirect speculation that maybe Atlanta uh, wasn't going to re-sign Freddie Freeman the last couple of days, actually seeing it, uh, you know, that was it was it was it was a lot, you know, to think about from a fan standpoint. I mean, Freddie Freeman has been, as said, a dozen years, been right there at first base, MVP, World Series. I mean, done everything you could do, and and. Uh, to kind of not have him be a part of the Braves' future was was sort of shocking. But I do think everything you said is correct. You know, one of the all-time great Braves did everything did everything for you. Uh, you know, you wish him the absolute best wherever he goes. And I, I guess you know reports maybe the Dodgers, perhaps the Yankees, but maybe Blue the Jays also or... apparently have entered the chat. Oh wow! Well, I <laughs> again, you wish him the best. I mean, I mean wherever he goes, and you know, did so much for Atlanta and 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 helped take a franchise that early in his career was not in a good spot to a World Series victory history. And I think Atlanta's positioned for future success in part because of all that he did. Uh, I, I agree with you too, that Matt Olson's a really good player. I mean, I, I think for a lot of people speaking for myself included, it's, it, it, it it's kind of hard to focus completely on Olson right now. You know, you, you were very excited about the numbers. Maybe if you're not familiar with him plays, you know, for the Oakland A's, you go and go, wow, this guy's been great. Yes, had a war higher than Freddie Freeman's last year. Had more home runs and RBIs than Freddie Freeman last year. He's a gold glove defender, and he's from Atlanta, which is which is really cool that he's getting a chance to come back home and play for a team that I'm sure he you know knows a lot about and probably grew up rooting for. So very excited about Matt Olson. I think he's going to be a big-time asset. Uh, what is 27, 28 years 28, old? Yep. Uh, 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 under team control for two years. And then I think there's been speculation that the sort of assumption is that you try to work a long-term extension there so that he's your first baseman for quite some time. But yeah, today's a day to think about Freddie Freeman, man, the great moments. I mean, Bud was talking about him, the walk-off to win the wild card. I mean, finished his career with uh, an MVP and then a World Series. And then in the World Series year and his last at bat, hit a home run and caught the final out. I mean, that's a movie. That's a movie. And 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 Freddie Freeman will always be beloved by Braves fans. I mean, for for what he did, for the success he had been. I mean, I know Ben, you were talking about the business of pro sports earlier. You obviously have a you know very unique perspective on that. And and I, I think it's hard, you know, you know, one of the things for me is I think sometimes we say things like, oh man, I know this is how this went down or this is what man, this is such a complex, difficult multifaceted decision for Freddie Freeman when you're thinking about all of the options and everything. Look, this guy gave his all to Atlanta. Uh, you have the history. You have the World Series. You have the ring. Super fond memories. You obviously would have loved to see uh, Freddie Freeman in a Braves uniform for years to come. But when you kind of got the sense that maybe it wasn't going to happen, you're exactly right, Kevin. Alex Anthopoulos had to come out and do this because if you're going to remain viable, if you're going to remain in your window, with all due respect to other potential guys, you couldn't go from Freddie Freeman to kind of an average or slightly above average first baseman. And look, not saying Matt Olson is Freddie Freeman. Come on. But is he an elite player? Yes. Is he one of the best first basemen in baseball? Yes. And I think as we move forward and kind of get over the shock of no Freddie Freeman, people will be really, really excited about Olson. 
Yeah, but I think, too, uh, with everything Freddie Freeman gave the Braves, I think the Braves uh, did all they could to make sure they give it back to him. When you look at the decisions that was made in the All-Star uh, at the trade deadline with Solaire, Peterson, and, and the Rosario, those guys stepped up. When nobody else wanted them, they came over to the Braves. Because I keep saying this. There was no culture uh, when Freddie Freeman first got to the Braves. They was kind of like trying to rebuild. And he stayed the course. I, I say this all the time. Freddie Freeman might be one of the most unsung superstars you've ever seen. Doesn't make waves. Doesn't make it about him. Doesn't make it about his contract. Just goes about his business. But most guys are never around long enough to see the resurgence. No, most guys, are, they watch the research. They watch, they watch it get built, and they're gone after it's built. Freddie Freeman is a big reason why the culture is what it is with the Braves. Freddie Freeman is the reason why when you think about the Braves, the first bird you think of is, is him. And Kevin, everything you mentioned, BJ, everything you mentioned. When they say Freddie Freeman, man, what happened at your time with the Braves? Man, I won an MVP, uh-huh. Golden Gloves, uh-huh. World Series, uh-huh. Got to, got to really help build the culture. Got to really help, you know, become one of the, you know, one of the best Braves of all time. Yeah. And I, and I supersede the expectations. They couldn't pay me. That's the best you could ask for. Because when you start asking, how long is, how long, is long enough for a player? A decade. Ten years. He gave you 12. Like, how how long do we expect Freddie Freeman to be there, really? 20 years? Because you do realize if he keep up this level of play, it wouldn't matter when they got rid of him or when he left. This could be three years now, 15 years. That ain't enough. I think when you think about superstar status in, in, uh, in the MLB or anything, superstars to me are not just what you do for your team. It's what you do in the community. Everybody loves Freddie Free. When they did that 30 for 30 with him, I did not know when it come to him and his mom and his dad. I'm like, dude, like, I mean, and he did everything right. Right? I just think that everything must come to an end. All of it. You don't want to see Freddie Freeman go, but Alice Anthopoulos said, if, because this, this is manager, if, I mean, this this is front office, this is being a GM. If I'm going to get rid of Freddie Freeman, who do I get? I'm going to get Olsen. Why? Golden glove for a golden glove. But you I couldn't mean, sit around and wait for that and, either. And, and the thing is, too, the business of baseball is always happening. I know we look at it as, oh, no, it's you're all. It's always happening. You're always trying to find a way to make your team better all the time, every single day, in season, off season, all-star break. And the Braves, I will say this, the Braves got better because they did not get worse. Just because you are not better than the player they traded you for doesn't mean you got worse. Who is better than Freddie Freeman? Nobody. So I'd be like, that, that would be like saying, hey, who can you get right now a quarterback better than Tom Brady? Right now, nobody. Patrick Mahomes, he beat him. Aaron Rodgers, he beat him. You know, so I, I think that sometimes we, we don't appreciate the fact that, hey, the Braves have a coach, now the people want to come play. And if you think about Olsen, he says, man, what would be a dream of yours, get to play for the Braves? He never thought it would be like this, but here he is. And 39 home runs and the Golden Glove, I mean, you can't get much better than that. I mean, Bud had to sell it. You listen, we getting rid of the best uh, first base in baseball for the second best. And this is a guy that's been around the Braves for a long time. So, I mean, it's, 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 it always hurts. I mean, when Heinz Ward was no longer Pittsburgh still, that hurt. When Heath Miller left Pittsburgh, that hurt. When, 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 uh, when Steve McNair left Tennessee, that hurt. And guess what? Practice was that day. When Steve McNair left, I was like, what's up, Mac? Man, they going to do this to Mac? They blew the whistle. I had to, get, I had to go. So, I mean, business as usual is always going to be happening. But I will say this. Freddie Freeman, wherever he goes, he's going to be talking about Ronald Acuna. He's like, that dude right there. <laughs> I'm because I, I, th I think sometimes we forget what I, your, role as a, your role as a veteran player, it changes over the years. Like, obviously, you want to be the best player at your position and what you do, but you become a mentor whether you want to be it or not. And I believe that Freddie Freeman showed all those young boys, this is how you go about being a pro, man. You don't miss days. If you can play, you play. 
We don't do we don't do like uh you know time management over here. We get it in. I mean, he's gonna be missed, and that's hard to say. Most players are not missed when they leave. When people we gonna miss him. Mm-mm. No, you don't, because you get new players all the time. Freddie Freeman will be missed. He really, really will. And I just think that that just shows how great of a player he was. I mean, I wish they could have worked it out, but BJ, I don't think it was disrespectful at the end. And I look forward to whenever Freddie Freeman ends up where he ends up and he gets to talk, because he's going to have to say something about the Braves, right? He's going to have to say something. I think it's going to be all love, man, because at the end of the day, hey, man, we got you a World Series MVP. Now you get your payday. Won't be from us. But you get your payday, congrats. And hopefully, man, we can beat you in the, you know, beat you in the playoffs, man, and move on. But no, nah, we're gonna miss Freddie Free, man. And like I said, it's hard for a player to not really have no flaws. You can always find a flaw. Well, he don't have me. And the best way to kind of sum it up, the emotional decision today, this wasn't the right emotional decision. It was the right baseball decision, I think, at the end of the day, for the Atlanta Braves. We got more to come here. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here, three and out on this Monday, Kevin, BJ, and Ben. Don't forget, go sign up for our bracket challenge, ESPNCoastal.com. Get registered up for your chance to win. If you got the uh, the winning bracket, seventy inch screen TV or uh, wings for a year from Coach's Corner. So our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner, ESPNCoastal.com is where you can go and get uh, the link to get signed up for that. So looking forward to that. But today, fellas, obviously, all about. Freddie Freeman, he will be missed, certainly, in Atlanta. More on that as the Yankees, Dodgers, and apparently now the Blue Jays making a serious run at the former Braves' first baseman. So who knows how this story is going to uh, to turn out. We will see you tomorrow. We'll talk more about brackets as we uh, get closer to the tournament underway here on 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network.